Yo, what is up everyone? It's your boy Shadow DTV. We've got my boy Justin here. Guys, today we are celebrating the launch of Marvel Snap. Yes, I know the game has been global for over almost a week now. Unfortunately, last week we went live a few hours before the game went global, but we're super excited. We've been having a ton of fun with the game. Uh, tons of new players that have joined that we're seeing, you know, on social media, on uh, Twitter, on Reddit, just chatting about the game, having a ton of fun. Guys, you may have noticed Tom is not with us today, unfortunately. Um, he should be back next week. Again, he's been super busy. He's been, like, moving house, doing a bunch of other things. Um, but guys, we've got some good news. We've got some uh, guests lined up now that Marvel Snap has gone global. I've uh, enlisted some... Uh, some guests to join the show. Uh, a lot of them are Marvel Snap content creators, so you may have heard their names around already once they're on the podcast, but it's going to be really great to do that. Uh, Justin, how you been? Good? Yeah, really good. You're good, excited? I, uh, yes, very excited. I hit Infinite just after Global Launch. Hey, so I'm look at this guy. Uh, stepping up from last season. Oh, uh, you were so, like, you know what? You just ran out of time. You just left it too long last season, I reckon. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, guys, on today's episode, of course, Global Launch is here. Uh, we're going to discuss, like, first week impressions that new players are having. We'll discuss a few things I've seen. Uh, me and Justin have seen new players discussing. Um, and it's funny because a lot of them have had the same questions and issues that we all had when we started in the beta. Um, tons more Marvel Snap content has been coming out. I've been making like, a ton more content uh, here on the YouTube channel. Guys, we don't only have the uh, podcast streamed live here on YouTube, but I've, we've also got tons of deck profiles and things like that. Um, so that's uh, uh, at Shadow DTV. It is like kind of my personal channel, but we kind of it's it's easier to run the podcast on here than make another channel. So definitely go and check that out, um, guys. We've had an, a massive surge in podcast listeners this week. Uh, literally, we quadrupled our listener base literally just this week since global launch hit. I've just been watching the numbers like exponentially go up, which is insane. So thank you so much, guys. You're absolutely incredible. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. I noticed people were going back and watching previous episodes, getting up to speed with everything Marvel Snap, which is sick. Um, <clears throat> uh, guys, if you are enjoying the podcast, if you're new to the game, you know, if you've got friends playing, make sure you let them know about the podcast. We really appreciate it. You know, make sure they stay up to date with all the latest Marvel Snap news, latest decks. You know, you want them to know what's going on as well. I guess unless you have to verse them in Marvel Snap, you might want to have the advantage there. Uh, today, we're going to talk about some beginner decks. So I know there's so many new players and, you know, a lot of them are probably wondering what the heck am I supposed to play? Um, there's tons of content out there, but we're going to give you our favorite pool one decks and some pool two decks. I know a lot of people are ranking up very fast. So we're going to go through some decks. We're just going to discuss some of the cards you get early in the game. Uh, what we think about them and what we think about uh, the decks that you can play. Um, and we're actually going to do something. I thought this would be fun, but we're going to look back at the history of Marvel Snap so far. So yes, the game is quite new, but there's been so many changes since the beta uh, up until how the game is now. And actually, we didn't get the beta in Australia for a little bit. So there's actually a ton of things that we never experienced, but we're going to discuss them anyway and uh, what people's thoughts were on the uh the past, in my, a Marvel Snap's past, I guess. And, of course, we're going to go through uh, this week the featured locations, uh, what decks we've been playing and stuff as well. And Snap Who, our favorite Marvel Snap quiz. Obviously, if you're new to the podcast, stay to the end. You're going to love the, uh, the Snap Who. Uh, Justin came up with the title, so we're going to be playing that. We basically have to guess a, a secret Marvel Snap card. It's a ton of fun. Guys, we're going to roll that intro and get straight into it. We've got a ton to get through. Uh, let's do it. All right, so Justin, um, 
basically super exciting week. There was so much happening, so much uh, so much content coming out, so much buzz and hype. I've seen, I reckon, a billion Marvel Snap trailers on every social media platform that I'm on. Um, did you end up seeing all the ads? Uh, I've seen a lot. <laughs> um, every time I go onto YouTube yeah. or Reddit or or anything really, or even the App Store, like the first yep. thing on, on the top of the page is Marvel Snap. It's, it's good though. It's good. I like it's, the hype. It's great, but I, I can't like recall the last time there was like a a media campaign like this for a video game like i've seen it for like i guess real big triple a games but you kind of don't take notice of them because you just see them everywhere like i mean call of duty every year i see it on every bus every billboard so i kind of just ignore it but i guess because we've been focusing on this game so much it's literally every time i open a piece of social media i'm seeing a marvel snap ad and it's it's yeah. cool like and and you know what's the interesting thing they're all different like i'm not just getting the same ad every time I reckon I've They're seen all about, very different. Yeah. Did you, did you see the um the like that Nick Fury? Oh. Uh, little like what was it, like a thirty second. That was clip, fantastic. Like, uh, yeah, big, and it was so different. Big, big props to uh Marvel Snap and Second Dinner getting uh getting uh getting Samuel L. Jackson on board. Um. I'm assuming they probably filmed it like in between, like you know, a movie or something that they were doing. Yeah. But or like whatever, yeah. But it was like it was just cool that it was because I'm watching it and I'm like, what the heck does this have to do with Marvel Snap? And then the ending, like I was just dying. Like squ- Squirrel Girl, she she says Squirrel Girl. Yeah. And then special shout out. Spe- and then the and then the she's just there with the phone, guys. If you haven't watched it, um, it's on the uh, the Infinite Snap Pod. Uh, sorry, our Twitter for Infinite Snap is at Infinite Snap Pod. Um, so yeah, I actually retweeted it there. And if I haven't, um, I'll definitely do that before this goes live, um, to you guys on your podcasting apps. But yeah, so the video was really really funny. It was really well done. I really enjoyed it. Um. Other than that, it was pretty much just like like, hey, play the game, do this, do that. Uh, Justin, did you see the uh, the the trailer for Japan? Um, I don't know if I did, to be honest. It was really funny. Uh, there was like a really catchy jingle. I might actually retweet that as well. Um, yeah. It was it was actually really really well done. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool. So pretty interesting week with all the ads. Um, I'm sure it'll slow down eventually, but I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm hitting like on all of them. Uh, yeah, enjoying, exactly. enjoying seeing the game hyped up. Um, I wonder how long it's going to be before the hype kind of like tails off. Uh, like, what's your prediction? Maybe a month, two months before? Not I'm when not I say sure. the hype. Like, I mean like just the the hype of like global. I guess the hype of global launch. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure because like. The thing is, with every, like, new Marvel show or Marvel movie that comes out, they yeah. can just, like, so much hype can, like, be around this game. Yes. And the marketing the marketing is so awesome because, like, you know, we play a couple of card games ourselves. Yes. But I can't get friends, like, oh, just say, you know, something, this, yeah. Like, yeah, something like Keyforge, you know? It's like, no one knows what Keyforge like, is. Even, it's even, just, it's even beyond game. that, even beyond that, like, just even, like, trying to get someone to play Pokemon cards. Everyone knows what Pokemon is, but they kind of go, like, some people yeah, are just like, true. oh, what, the, like, the game, do people actually play that? Um, yeah. Like, I know so many people that collect cards, but literally, like, I met some dude in a shop that, uh, and he was, like, collects Dragon Ball Z cards, but never touched the game. And I'm like, it's, it's like, yes, Dragon Ball Z is a huge franchise, but it just seems, like, like fairly niche to be collecting something like that and not playing it. And you're right. I guess, um, yeah, continue on your point about that. <laughs> Yeah, so like, but with this, like, so many friends, like, Marvel is such a huge IP, obviously, yeah. and it has so many different targeted audience for all the different shows and movies that, like, people just will actually give the game a go. And, yeah. like, the game is easy, so easy to pick up. Like, it may be hard to master or, or yep. whatever, but it's so easy to play. So, like, all it takes is 
someone who's into a Marvel movie or a Marvel character to pick up the game and give it a go. Yeah. And then, like, they're hooked, pretty much. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think you're right. And I think the fact being a digital card game, short games, it's really easy to market. Whereas I feel like yep. if this was, like, a Marvel trading card game, and look, get don't get me wrong, there is plenty of Marvel board games and, like, card games, but, like, a trading card game like this, although I guess this isn't really a trading card game, but, like, a, a game like this, yes, it's Marvel, but it would probably struggle in the, like, in real life gaming space, I think. There is a game called Marvel Champions, which is, like, a co-op game, and that's done really, really well. But, I mean, that's, that's a bit different to Marvel Snap. This is, like, a battle card game. Uh, so I definitely think you're right. The Marvel IP really helps sell the game. Uh, we've got we've we've got so many people uh, like we know people that literally don't even play games. Like they they might play Call of Duty every now and then, and they're like addicted to this game. So it's pretty pretty insane. Um, so yeah, that's really really cool. Uh, what else we got? So yeah, so um, we've got for first week impressions. Um, so there's been a lot of chatter about. I've seen so many people posting on Reddit like, "Is this a bug? Is this not a bug? Is this how it's meant to work?" And we pretty much had all those same questions. So it's good yep. that there's already people that have experienced it to tell people what was meant to happen or why that happened. Um, and I mean, I still have questions every now and then where like there's a new card or an interaction I haven't seen. I mean, I think we were talking about. Uh, we were trying, uh, like the hypothetical came up, if Professor X activates and then your opponent's white tiger activates, does it play the the tiger? And I think the consensus was yes, because it's playing it, it's not moving it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it just confuses we're already, me. And, we already have questions and we're like, yeah, we've been playing the, for months. The other one was, um, what was the other one? It was something about... Oh, it was something about Green Goblin. We were talking about it the other day. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I can't remember. But yeah, do you remember? There's that? so many interactions with that, like with those yeah. cards. Oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. It's with Lockjaw. Well, it's with, with Lockjaw. Lockjaw. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's so you 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 play Green Goblin. Yeah. It, and he goes to the other side. And Lockjaw then, swaps him out for a new card, on their and then side. he comes back yeah. on their side. But he yeah. comes back to your side. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 um. Yeah, so look, you're gonna new players are gonna encounter a bunch of like strange interactions, but um, I mean, I think there's good resources there with Twitter and Reddit to confirm a lot of these things. Uh, I did see like it was really weird on Reddit, and I know like gaming communities can be like toxic at times, but I saw like someone would ask a like a question because they they didn't understand the interaction. Someone would be like, "Well, obviously it's because of this," and it's just like literally it's the first time these people are playing the game. And and I look at those comments and I'm like, oh, what do you mean? Obviously, like I literally look at it and go, oh yeah, like that's a fair question. Like you don't understand the wording entirely, or the wording is a little bit like contradictive because there's definitely. I mean, we had the thing with Crimson Cosmos and like uh, playing Swarm there at zero cost, and you couldn't because it was still considered a two cost card. And yeah. so they've changed that recently. But I mean, before, based on the wording, it, it seemed like that was incorrect. That uh, the the card didn't work. The location didn't work as intended. So there's definitely a lot of questions. I'm glad that new players are asking the questions. They're learning the game. Um, I've been answering any questions I can. Uh, people have been posting, like, like even comments on our YouTube videos. Like, we've been, I've just been, yeah, just answering questions. Like, and they're such, they're simple questions, but they're important questions for someone who has just started playing the game. Like, when do I unlock this card? Uh, I don't have this card. What other card could I use? And, you, like, the people who've been playing the game for a bit longer, 
you know, they obviously know the answers, but it's great that we can now help out newer players, which is really cool. Yeah, and it um, was a bit overwhelming when you start playing the game and you think, oh, well, I'm, I'm like unlocking these starter cards and there's yeah. pool one and pool two and yep. pool three and and the collector level goes up to 3,000 <laughs> before you may finish pool three. That's and right. I remember thinking, wow, there's so many cards. Yep. We used to play like early in the early podcast of... Um, of snap who and we'll, we used to say don't choose a pool three card because we don't know we don't, them and we now, don't know like, yes and uh, it, we still we still don't know them but and yeah <laughs> we know more of them i i got last week's like completely wrong um so yeah. th- that shows how much knowledge we have but we uh like exactly like you said that's why i've been focusing on like new decks this week um on the podcast we're going to focus on stuff for new players we're going to discuss some of marvel snaps past because i thought it'd be great because uh new players are going to be like wow as if that was how the game was and players who've been playing for a while are going to be like reminiscing or maybe like despising how the game used to be. Um, so I think that'll be a ton of fun. Uh, so guys, like I said earlier, there's been a massive surge in podcast listeners. So the YouTube video has been doing well. Uh, like the the podcast on YouTube has been doing great. You guys have been dropping into the live stream. Guys, if you haven't, you can catch us live uh, Tuesday evenings, uh, Australian time. So uh, you just stay tuned. You can see when you go on the uh, YouTube we usually have it scheduled so you'll be able to see your local time. But if you listen on podcasting apps, which most of you will, you know, you listen in the car, on your way to work, etc. Um, guys, they like completely blown up. Thank you so much. Uh, like I said, we've quadrupled listeners literally in a week. Um, we've been doing this podcast for maybe two to three months. And uh, we understood like, you know, most of the people listening would be people from the beta because the other, other people didn't have access to the game. And like, it's literally just gone like nuts and uh, we we were hoping yeah we were hoping that would happen but you guys you've been absolutely insane so thank you so much um and yeah so i think justin what should we do first should we maybe look at the should we look at new decks for beginners first or should we look at the the history of marvel snap what do you reckon Um, justin's in the driver's seat yeah Maybe do you want to go over the um the locate the featured and hot yeah, locations let's do first? The, yes, let's uh, actually, do that first. That's, that's, that's like a nor- uh, it's a usual thing that we do. Yeah, I was thinking I kind of threw it in at the end, but you're right. Let's go through that because everyone, uh, I just realised some people have been experiencing featured locations for the first time ever this week. Yeah. So each yeah. week, each week, Marvel Snap have a featured location which is on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So it lasts for 48 hours, and there's a 40 percent chance of that location appearing every game. And then on Sundays is the hot location. This one only lasts for 24 hours, but it appears in 60% of games. So you essentially have the featured location for two days, and that's usually a new location. That's the first time we've ever had it. And then hot location is a location that's already been released, but we get it for like a ton for 24 hours. And it's good because people build decks around it. Um, We'll go through the first one because I was was about to start talking about what I played. Yeah. Uh, so the, 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 the featured location, yes, yeah, that so was Daily Bugle. Daily Bugle, that's the one. Um, Daily Bugle. And what, what does Daily Bugle do? You get a copy of a card in your opponent's hand. Now, I th- um, yeah. Yeah, what did you reckon about this, I think this it, location? I think it was an interesting location. I feel like it didn't really... I like the fact that it didn't completely impact your deck. So you still got to keep the cards in your deck. It didn't really change your game plan. But give, getting that card, either it was something useful that you could use... Or it was, hey, I know what's in my opponent's hand. I know what option they could play. And I maybe can figure out what deck they're playing as well. Like, um, for instance, I don't know, let's say a, a a devil dinosaur goes into my hand. I know that they're probably playing... Or an Iron Man, for instance. They may be playing an ongoing deck because I've got Iron Man in my hand. Or Spectrum. 
Spectrum goes into my hand. Well, they're definitely going to be playing some ongoing cards because that's what Spectrum does. Buffs the ongoing cards. So I thought that was a cool thing. The Daily Bugle animation was so cool. Did you like the animation? It was, it was, it was cool. And they haven't they don't really do um they don't really do that kind of stuff with locations. So I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it's usually like the location will have an animation, but this was like per card. So someone's had to like yeah. obviously program that. So I thought it was a really cool way to do it. Because it was very thematic, you know, you had the newspaper land with the card name and like a little like a little bit of text, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, I thought it was helpful in figuring out what your opponent was playing. Like sometimes a like six cost card came into my hand, like a destroyer comes into my hand. I already know what deck they're playing. Well, you know, some idea. And I know that that destroyer could d come down on turn six. So uh, yeah, I, I like the Daily Bugle. I thought it was a fun location and it didn't impact the game. So it wasn't like oh, no, I can't play this cool new deck that I've made. Um, I guess, did you have the same sentiment? Yeah, it was It was more the information that you get from what's in your opponent's hand. Like, you know, if it came up on, if it came up on turn one, then usually straight away um, you know what kind of a deck your opponent has. Yeah. And if, if it comes up on... Well, yeah, any of the locations, one, two, or three. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's like a key card that your opponent's deck needs to succeed. So, yeah. you know, it may be like, I don't know, it may be like a Apocalypse or something yep. like that. Or, or no, it may, may, may be a Hala, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're playing against the Hala deck and then a Hala comes into your hand, you know that they're going to pull it off. Yeah. So you may, like, maybe retreat or you just be cautious. For um, so it's more sure. about, I think, the information. but And also, yeah, the animation was awesome. So um, cool. Goes right with the theme because Daily Bugle is a, yeah, a newspaper company in the Marvel Universe, yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's like a pretty, pretty, pretty focused in Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, th I thought it was cool. Uh, it was fun. Um, it kind of, yeah, I like, I had no, uh, people, people complain about featured locations and I can understand it because it's for 48 hours. If that's, you know, you, if that's your day off work or, you know, studies or something and that's your only time to really play the game, it can be frustrating for sure. I completely understand that. Um, so it was nice to see a location that wasn't super game-breaking and didn't force you to play a specific deck. I felt like you could play any deck and the Daily Bugle yeah. was like, you know, sometimes you're going to get a cool card. Sometimes your opponent might get like your best card, but it was it was random. You know, sometimes I got like a, I don't know, a Korg and I'm like, okay, this is cool, but it doesn't help my deck's plan. So I just wouldn't play it. Uh, yeah. No, I was, I was pretty happy with this week's yeah. location. Other times it was awesome when I was playing my... You say I was playing my Patriot deck and yeah. I had just, just played Patriot on turn three and it would give me like a mystique or something. I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah, actually, that I think that... Uh, yeah, that happened to me. I got a mystique at one point and I actually think I didn't have... I wasn't in a position to use it, but you're right. Sometimes... Uh, you get the card, the exact card that you wanted anyway. Yeah. Um, I ended up with two onslaughts at one point and I was like, oh, if only I could play both of these, that would be insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so a uh, cool location, happy with it. Didn't play anything special deck for it. Just kept playing what I was playing. I think you did the same. Yeah, me by too. By the sounds yep. of it. Yep, cool. And so then Sunday, so only a couple days ago, was the hot location, Kamartage. Um, uh, so this location is not new. We've had it in the game for uh, probably... Like for a very, ever since we've been playing it, it's been part of the game. Yep. So, um, uh, Kamataj, obviously, or your on reveals happen twice. Uh, there's a pretty powerful ability if you're playing an on reveal deck. Um, I, I posted a, uh, did I post the deck list on Twitter? I might not have by accident. I was planning to, but the deck list, and to be fair, a lot of other people were playing something similar. Um, basically, your main combo, obviously, you're playing a ton of on reveal cards like Scorpion to hurt your opponent. 
But the big combo was uh, you wanted Ironheart there, you wanted a Wolfsbane there, uh, you wanted a White Tiger there, and then to finish turn six, you were playing Odin, and basically it went absolutely nuts. So um, you couldn't always get Wolfsbane and Ironheart there, uh, depending on the location. Sometimes you could get all of those cards there. And then when you play Odin... Uh, sorry, sorry, I, I lied. Uh, you want Wong there. Wong was the big, big combo, broken, yep. disgusting combo. So Wong triggers your on-reveals twice, then Kamataj triggers your on-reveals twice, and then Odin triggers your on-reveals again. So if you hit that combo, uh, Wolfsbane would get to like 60+, plus. Ironheart would buff everything to like a bajillion, and you would end up with like 100 between like 60 and 100 at every location. It was, was insane. It was disgusting. Uh, I just kept doing it to people and I started feeling bad after a while because they'd be in like a really good position. If Kamataj wasn't there, they were in an amazing position and they would just get absolutely slaughtered on an eight cube game. And <laughs> I went up a fair bit and felt kind of bad. You played You played the same list, yeah? Yeah. You, where did I see your I sent list? It, I think you I posted it. I think I sent it to you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you send it to me. I yeah. used that exact same list because <laughs> I unlocked Wong sometime recently, maybe yep. last week, and um, I hadn't really, I hadn't really used him yet. Yeah. Um, and that was like a great location and a great deck. Yep. Um, to see his full power on, like even if I, if I had in hand like Wong and White Tiger. Yep. And uh, Ironheart and Odin, like if I could get those in the first couple of turns, and I had him in my hand, I just wouldn't play anything until turns. Uh, three, four, five, and six, yeah. and then I would just spam those four cards at the one location, and you'd get tigers everywhere with Ironheart going off. How like, crazy it is it? It's absolutely yeah. insane. I, I think it was like, and and this is the discussion about locations that force you to build a certain way. So obviously, Kamataj, if you play on reveal decks, you're getting, you know, you're you're uh, capitalizing on it. And if you're not playing on reveal, then you basically want to be. Um, doing the opposite, you basically want to be countering the on reveal cards. They're really your, yeah. your only two options when we have these types of featured or hot locations. And so I kind of see where people are coming from when they get frustrated with it. Uh, I haven't seen any new players too frustrated with it yet, but um, I'm sure they'll come out of the woodwork in the next few weeks or so. Uh, yeah, it does. It does get frustrating. It like just, you're it saying, it just depends. Yeah, you could also just go for like an anti-meta, play, yep. get like a Cosmo, Cosmo in your deck yep. and just chuck it on Kamataj. And, and you've even got Enchantress? Your opponent's deck, yeah, oh yeah, or Enchantress. Can and your opponent's Wong? deck then is probably like just bricked because yep. um they're, they're relying on the Kamataj and the on-reveal effect. Yeah, you're right. Cosmo there on turn three is pretty much just game over. Like yeah. as long as you've got other cards to support it, all of a sudden none of their on-reveals work at that location. So they've got to play them somewhere else. They're not capitalizing on the location. So... They can still win, obviously, but you're basically just like, I feel like when these locations happen, you either go all out on capitalizing on it or you go all out on countering it. So um, I went all out on capitalizing on it and it worked pretty well and didn't see too many Cosmos, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was Kamataj. Uh, I enjoyed it for the day any longer and I probably would have got sick of it, to be honest, because most of my games were just mirror matches of Ironheart. Uh, White Tiger, Wong, Odin, and whoever hit the combo. Like, if you saw them about to hit the combo, you just retreated. <laughs> like, if they yeah. had Wong, White Tiger, and Mystique, and I'm like, well, they're playing Odin now. Uh, oh, not Mystique. Um, Like, yeah, like Wolfsbane. Oh, they're playing Odin now. Bye. <laughs> yeah. But I um, it, on reveals are such fun abilities to yeah. play, especially on a commentage, and if you have Wong. That, so like, crazy. I didn't really see Cosmos either, because yeah. I think everyone just had fun with it. 
And and you know what? It's funny we say that because I, f- I think I'm not sure if it was last week's hot location, but it was uh maybe a few weeks ago onslaught citadel, which is yeah. it doubles your ongoings at that location. So instead of the on reveals, it's the ongoings. And playing Patriot there was just ridiculous. Like yeah, it was insane. It was just gross, and it was the same thing. Like you were forced to play ongoing, and then your opponent would play Enchantress to block it. It was literally the same thing, but ongoing instead of on reveal. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I think locations like that that force you to play a certain way any more than a day, and it would be like quite restrictive. And again, like we're thinking, if you play the game every day, it probably doesn't bother you as much. But if you only get a chance to play it every now and then, and that's the day you have time, and that's what you have to play with, it can feel very restrictive. I think. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we we kind of play every day, so it's not like that's, I don't yeah. know. To me, to me, it doesn't seem like a huge deal. I'd have fun with it, but yeah, if you don't play a lot and you're stuck with a certain location, it would get extremely annoying. Yeah, that for sure. Uh, we've got someone in the chat, El Demo. He said he got Patriot last week. I want to shout him out because Patriot is absolutely sick. I uh, hope you're having fun with Patriot. So um, let's get into let's get into some beginner decks, I reckon, and then we'll after that we'll look at uh, the past, the Marvel Snaps history and how it ended up being what it is today. So let's get these decks going. I've got a bunch of decks to go through. We're just going to... Uh, so any anyone that's uh, been playing Marvel Snap for a while, you've probably played a lot of these decks, but, I mean, you're going to have some insight on this as well. So you're going to... Um, yeah, you're not going to... It's not going to be too stale for you for anyone that's been playing for a while. I've got some deck lists here. Let's bring them up. I've got some visuals. So if you're watching on YouTube, you will be able to see the deck lists here, which is cool. Um, and if, you, if you're if you not, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, I'm going to post all of these deck lists at the Infinite Snap on the Infinite Snap Twitter. So that's at Infinite Snap Pod. So go and follow us on Twitter and you'll be able to see all these deck lists. So you're not going to be missing out. Don't worry. So first up, we've got this ongoing deck. This is using only uh, pool one cards. So only starter cards and pool one. So you should be able to build this deck by, uh, what, like 224 is once you've got all of pool one. So this is an ongoing deck. Um, obviously, ongoing, we discussed. It's a great ability. You've pretty much the main two are on reveal and ongoing. There are other abilities, of course, but I find these two mechanics are the like the big ones. Uh, Justin, what's your thoughts on ongoing? And uh, take us through the deck list. So ongoing, I think ongoing seems like... Your, I don't know. I feel like you prefer ongoing to on reveal. Um, I think <laughs> you have you have in the past. I have no. You actually, um, now that I think about it, you're right because I used to vouch for claw a lot. <laughs> yes, you, mm. you, we've mentioned it in previous podcasts. Yes, you're right. Um, I think I think ongoing can get some some crazy um, power numbers, especially yep. with Iron Man. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, like something like claw. It's just insane because you can get like. What is it, Sanctum Sanctorium, where you can't play cards at yep. that location? You play Claw next to him, and like, yeah, you get what does he have now? Six power five, plus, plus six, five, plus six, six power. Yeah, it's just insane. So, so, so Claw, yeah, so Claw. For those that don't know, uh, you play him at his location, and he gives plus six power to the location on the right. So he can get into locations where he can't be, or even better, when you have four cards at that location, your opponent goes, well, they can't get any more power there. You drop a Claw, and it's like, thanks. Yeah, and if there's an Iron Man there. There's already an Iron Man there. It's like easy win. <laughs> yeah. So in this deck, we've got Ant-Man. So he's just a 1-1. One, one. He gets, I think, plus three if the location is filled on, yep, your, board, on he, your side of the board. And he's ongoing. And he's ongoing. Electra's actually on reveal, which is um, destroy a random one-cost card from your opponent's side so of this the, location. So the important thing to understand is pool one, you don't have a ton of ongoing cards. So the deck isn't obviously super optimized, but uh, we pretty much fit in as many as we can without it being 
like too too crowded and don't, don't go through all the abilities we'll just go through like the important cards i guess because the rest are kind of yeah, just okay. in there for you know so you've got korg um korgs yeah adds a rock to your opponent's deck it's just a bit of uh disruption and then Nightcrawler, yeah, your, Night, your Nightcrawler is a good one. I love <laughs> Nightcrawler. You can use him in every single deck. Oh, he says um, this same, every week. <laughs> same thing, because you can just move him to locations where you can't really play cards. Yeah. Um, if you're locked out. Uh, Mr. Fantastic, awesome card. Spreads some um, power across the board. Yep. Um, Punisher makes your opponent think twice before playing cards at that location. Yep. Um, Captain America, you fill that location and you play Captain America, you get some buffs. Kazar is good in this, is ongoing and is good in this deck because you got, what, four one-cost cards? Yep. So you can flood the board easy um, early on with those one-cost cards and then play a Kazar. For sure. Um, or also, you can, you know, play some big cards later on in the game, and then if you've got one power left over, you just fill it in with a with a one-cost card. Yep. Um, Namor's, like, pretty good here. I rate Namor in this deck. Um if he's on his own, he gets, what, plus five, so he becomes yep. like a 410, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Um, Iron Man is just insane. Every <laughs> ongoing deck needs Iron Man. Um, double the power at that location. Claw, we already explained. And then Spectrum's the big one here. That's like the finisher. Yeah. Um, well, what's Spectrum? It's plus two for all, all your ongoing other ongoing cards. cards. So, yeah. so like I said, you so don't, it's you, a good deck. Yeah, you don't have a ton of ongoing cards yet, but this is like your first taste of the ongoing mechanic. Um, and yep. later on, as you get more cards, you go into the other collections, uh, the other pools of cards, your your Spectrum deck can get pretty insane. Um, there's some crazy combos once you hit pool three. So I think this is a great entry into um, ongoing, and uh, I definitely would consider people uh, checking it out. Um, yeah, so, so some like some synergies that I see is just like, you know, you have Namor in, the, in a right lane um, on his own, so he's like at a 10. Yeah. And then you don't even have to put cards there to buff that location. You can have Mr. Fantastic, then the right location gets a plus two, or you can have yeah. a claw in the middle location, and that right location gets a plus six. And all, yep. all of a sudden, you got one card, Namor, on the right on the right location, and it's at, like, what's that? Namor 16. plus claw plus Mr. Fantastic, 16. Like yeah. that's, no, that's 18 with Mr. Fantastic. Oh, as sorry, well. with that Mr. Is, Fantastic, yeah, it's 18. You're right. That, that is insane. It's for, pretty good. For a cool one. Pool one cards only, and you've still got and, turn uh, six. One card at you've, that still, location. you've still got turn five, six to play Iron Man or Spectrum. Iron Man or Spectrum, yeah, <laughs> it's it's good. It, like it is a really good deck. Yeah, um, I I think when I first started, I was more. It was easier to play on reveals. Yeah, is for what sure. I found. I, I didn't play ongoing that much, yep. but I think ongoing can get some some higher powered locations for sure. There's definitely. there's some broken combos that I've used with ongoing where you just get like a hundred power. Uh, or like, like infinite power almost at certain locations. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think ongoing's fun archetype. And when you get to pool two and three, there's some crazy fun ongoing cards. We mentioned earlier that we're playing, um, that we've been playing uh, Patriot, which is also basically an ongoing deck. Um, it's obviously very different to this one, but it's using the same mechanics. Um, Urko just mentioned in the chat that pool one ends at 214. So we we're pretty close. So you, it ends pretty, it ends pretty soon. Um, but this is great to, uh, I think it gives you a bit of flexibility and a few options uh, for pool one. So this is the pool one ongoing deck. Al Damo in chat yeah. says, surprised not to see Onslaught in there. Uh, I guess you could play Onslaught. Um, I think the thing with Onslaught is he's really, I guess with Claw, he's going to help you win that right location. So yeah, I guess you That's could. What I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, you definitely it's, it's could. With You're Claw. right. You definitely could. But I think, I think like the other, with the other cards, Onslaught is not like huge 
He doesn't add like a huge buff with the other cards. Yeah, I guess so. It's more like you know, even if you have Iron Man and then you're playing onslaught with Iron Man, then you're you're committing like your turns five and six to one location. Yeah, that's a fair point you know as well. What I mean? So, so how many with, how many how many yeah. how many uh, ongoings can we get out? We can get Ant Man, we can get Fantastic Punisher or Captain America, we can get Kazar, we we can get Iron Man, so we can get four out. So that's plus eight. I guess Onslaught can technically give Claw like plus 12 to a location. Well, plus yeah. six, I guess. And Mr. Fantastic. So, yeah, I guess you could also try it out with Onslaught instead of Spectrum. It would also work quite well. Um, yeah, it, and Onslaught, you get him at the start, yeah? Or is it like pool one, yeah? I believe. Onslaught? Onslaught, it's either a starter or pool yeah, one. Yeah, he's definitely not a pool two. So, you can definitely sub uh, Onslaught in there for Spectrum as well. So, there's a few options right off the bat, which is really cool. Thanks for that, El Demo. Uh, cool. Let's get into, yeah, we won't like spend like tons of time. Yeah. He's pool one chat says perfect. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll go through them. We're not going to like go super in depth. Um, if you do want to see these in depth, we've actually done uh, videos on the channel for all of these decks. So you can actually see some gameplay of them, um, and link to the deck. So you can copy and paste them directly into your Marvel snap if you want to play them. So, you know, we've done all the hard work for you, uh, which is good. Um, cool. So this is a discard aggro deck. Justin, I'm going to let you take this one because I know how much you love the discard archetype. Um, discard, discard decks are <laughs> so good. I think like pool one, I definitely hit my first infinite with a discard Same. deck. It is just awesome. And it's, you know what, like it's, it's easy to play. It's, it's probably hard to mark or hard to know when to play the cards, but yeah. after you play it a little bit, you just get the hang of it. Yep. So we, we got like a similar cards, similar uncost cards because um, their versatility is probably great um, for pool one. You also don't like have a ton Ant of options. <laughs> you don't have a ton of options, but yeah, Ant-Man, Electrocorg, Nightcrawler again. Yep. Um, Yondu is a good addition. Um, your, what are you doing? You're discarding the top card of your opponent's deck. That's so always good. We've discussed Yondu on here before. I think in the yeah. early, in the early, early, uh, like pool one, pool two, I think it's fine to play Yondu. Uh, I feel like he's not actually a very good card, um, purely because we discussed this before. Where if that if you hit their their finisher, they just retreat at one cube. Um, but I feel like in the early game, uh, like your you know your first five hundred to a thousand collection level, uh, you're going to be playing other people of similar skill level, and you know people are kind of snapping willy nilly. So I think Yondu's fine. Uh, as you rank up, he's going to get less and less and less effective. Uh, just a yep. bit of a yeah, we've discussed that before. How uh, he's not yeah, agreed. He's, he's not an amazing card, but early on, guys, he's he's fun. He does a cool thing. Um, so yeah, I think he's fine in uh, in this deck. Yeah, Angela is awesome in this deck, uh, especially with Nightcrawler. There, you can get her to like a two nine. Yep, so um, nine power, and then you've got tons of one yeah. cost cards to play there. Yep. Yeah, correct. Um, Wolverine's like good. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't add him in in like a later discard deck, yes. but with only the pool one cards, uh, Wolverine's fine. You I think get he's like fine. plus three power somewhere. for free. For free, um, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, your discard cards are Blade, Lady Sif, Swordmaster. So you do not want to discard either of those three cards. You you really need to try not to win this deck. You only want to discard Apocalypse or. A one cost card because it doesn't matter too much. So, so, um, so your ideal play, I guess. So, we'll explain like what discards do. So, Blade and Swordmaster discard a random card from your hand, and then Lady Sif is the special one where it discards the the highest cost card in your hand. So, your ideal yep. play would be, I guess, Angela. Like anything on turn one, and or nothing if you want to play them at Angela's location. Angela turn two, uh, maybe Lady Sif turn three. If you've got Apocalypse in your hand, which we'll go through in a moment, and then what, maybe turn four Swordmaster Blade, if you can, 
Yeah, um, if you can. You can even, like, le- if you have the option, just leave the Wolverine in your hand because yeah. if Wolverine gets discarded, then he gets played. Yep, um for sure. And then uh, go yeah. tell us about Apocalypse, the big boy of the deck. So when Apocalypse is discarded from your hand, he returns to your hand with plus four power. Yep. That is insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially, especially for for pool one. Um, you can get him to some... Oh, just say you discard him three times with Blade, Lady yep. Sif, Swordmaster. 20. Um, he gets to 20 power, which is really cool. And America Chavez is in there for purely deck thinning. She won't... What's what's her ability? Yeah, so she um, you, you don't, draw her on turn six. You never draw Chavez before turn six, which means you're more likely to draw the other cards in your deck before that. And it's also a bit of a fail safe if you don't draw Apocalypse. Um, you can always play a nine power Chavez on turn uh, turn six. It's not the worst play uh, if you're in a strong yep. position. Uh, you know, if you've got a big Angela and you play Chavez at another location with some, you know, a couple of big power cards, you can win definitely. It's a really strong deck. Just even if you're not sure on it, just give it a go and yeah. stick with it for like a couple of days because once it starts to click, then it really clicks. Yeah, so Aldemo said in chat, Apocalypse feels like a pull three card, and I like fully agree with that. I was yeah. I was just dominating early on with Apocalypse because what other cards can hit twenty power? There, there's like one card in the game with twenty power, and he has like a a super downside where you have to play no cards a turn before. Whereas Apocalypse is just draw him and just try and buff him. Like and and with manipulating your hand, lots of one cost cards, you can actually be pretty like you can target cards pretty well in this deck. That's right, and he's Apocalypse is still viable where we are now in like high pool three he's like uh, you can easily put you can easily use a discard deck and they still use apocalypse as like not the build around card but like the the high yeah Yeah, he's like the highest highest power card in your deck you you, you, you wouldn't play you wouldn't play the deck a pool three discard deck without apocalypse that's pretty like i guess that's basically almost build around um and in later later like later iterations of this discard deck you can get him to like you can have games where he gets to 30 power and it's absolutely nuts yeah you can even you know with dracula just say you don't even have to play apocalypse insane. and and he helps another card get to like plus 30 power like yeah. he's just insane he's, he's a great card guys don't sleep on apocalypse i don't think anyone ever did but uh discard discard decks are fun uh if you haven't played one yet go and uh check it out um you can check out the list on the twitter Cool, and then our last pool one deck. So again, you'll be able to build all these decks very early. Justin on reveal, another one of your favorites. On reveal, I love on reveal. On reveal is like it, it hits like a sweet spot in my heart. This is like <laughs> this is where you start the game with Odin. Odin is Odin's got to be one of my favorite cards. I was thinking about it today, um, and I've I've been playing an on reveal deck because of Kamataj, and it's all yep. because of Odin. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Um, in this deck, like you play, you know, a few one-cost cards. Um, a new one here is Rocket Raccoon, which we didn't see in the other decks. Um, the good thing about Rocket Raccoon is sometimes I think, why would you want to play Rocket Raccoon if you play him at a location and your opponent plays a card the same location on the same turn that you played him? It gets what plus two plus power, two. right? So if you if you play him, like say your opponent plays a one-cost on the left location, you do the same with Rocket. You've just got four power for a one-cost card. Correct. Like, yes, you're gonna. And, it's not always gonna work, but when it does, it's just good. Yes, but the awesome thing, which I started to see, like later on as I played <laughs> on reveals more, is you can play him right. He doesn't really do much. Say you miss, um, you miss his on reveal yep. trigger, and then turn six, 
is like a location that you you and your opponent are both fighting for. You yep. play Odin here, they play a card, yep. and it triggers Rocket's effect again, so he'll get a plus four. Yeah. Uh, plus two, plus sorry. Two, yep. And it, they can change the game. Yeah, it can. I think I think later in the game he's not as strong, but again, we're yeah. looking at you're gonna be versing people with similar card pools right now. So we're just trying to give you the best cards that you have access to right now. Obviously, a lot of these will change as you level up, but on that, a lot of these will stay the same. I mean, look at, just looking at this deck, there's at least 10 cards there that are just staples in, like, top-tier decks. Yeah, so Scarlet Witch is a staple, I'd say. Um, I know you vouch for Scarlet Witch all the time. Um, when there's a bad location that doesn't suit your deck, you play Scarlet Witch, changes the location. That's yep. that's awesome. And you can um, also it's a, it's a game changer. You can also hurt your opponent if they've got a good location. Yes, correct. Yep. Um, Ironheart's always good if you've it's uh, plus two for three other cards. Yep. Um, that's like a, a three six basically, and then yep. if you play Odin on her, then you get another six power spread across the board. Twelve power. <laughs> Yeah, Wolfsbane, same thing. You've got some low-cost cards in this deck, so Wolfsbane would usually pay off to get to a 3-7. Yep. Um, that's, yeah, on reveal, plus two power for each card at that location. Yep. And then, obviously, Odin can trigger it twice. <laughs> yep. Um, Enchantress will just shut down that last on uh, ongoing deck that we looked at. Um, Enchantress can still shut down any ongoing deck pulls one through to three. If I had a dollar for every time I've lost to Enchantress, uh, look, let's just say I'd be retiring. <laughs> yep, especially when uh, when I was playing Patriot. Yep. I'm sure I'm sure you copped it as well. Yep. You played Patriot, and which is like the staple ongoing um, if ongoing, effect yeah. that you need. If your, ongoing, if your ongoing is shut off, you instantly lose. <laughs> yeah. Um, White Tiger and Spider Woman are good here as well. I think you'd probably see more play out of White Tiger early on, yep. probably. Um, that's uh, what's that spawn of seven uh, power seven card somewhere power else? Token. Yeah, and then obviously Odin can trigger that again. Yep. So you're getting yeah five cost for fourteen um, power. Fourteen power plus the White Tiger itself, fifteen power. Fifteen. Yeah, you're right. Pretty good. And then pretty good deck. Yeah, and then Spider Woman, um, seven power card, which is pretty good for a five cost. Uh, and yep. it, it, it gives negative one to the cards on your opponent's side at that location. So if they've got a full location, negative four, you play Odin there, they get a nugget, another negative four. You're getting a seven power card and they're getting negative eight at best case scenario. That's 15 power. That's huge. Pretty good. That's yeah. massive. So I think, yeah, I think on reveal is really fun. There's Mr. Sinister in there as well that you miss. He's kind of, he just duplicates himself. So you end up with two, two power cards. Uh, nothing crazy there either. And Cable... Cable, uh, when you play Cable, you take the top card off your opponent's deck and put it in your hand. Um, so, yeah, uh, some couple of one and two cost cards in there. But, of course, you're you're building around Odin, and Enchantress is there to shut down those powerful ongoing abilities. I like this deck because you're, 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 you know your game plan, but you're also hindering your opponent, not just with their hand and their deck, but Spider-Woman is lowering their power. Enchantress is shutting off cards. I think it's very... Uh, you can react to your opponent a bit, and it's a bit... It's not a control deck, but it has elements of control in it. Yeah, and I think it is good yeah. with Electra and Scarlet Witch as well, hindering your opponent. It's, it's a good deck. I like it. Yep, yep, yep. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, yeah, like like you said, there's actually a lot of interruption that's not like based on what's in their hand. Like it's not. It's yep. not an Iceman that's adding plus one cost or Scorpion that's lowering the power in hand. It's doing it all like on the field, which I think is good because you're learning to react to your opponent. You're not just oh. I play this card, this card, this card, I win. You're actually stopping your opponent from winning as well. 
So yeah, very cool deck. Guys, that's all our pool one decks. So this is like, if you've just started the game, all of these decks are going to be great. Try them out. Find out what your, what your favorite type is to play. Um, and then once you hit pool two, we've got some pool two cards we'll also go through. Um, we'll kind of skip over the cards that we already know. Um, but we'll go which through. I just want to ask you, actually, from those three decks for pool one, what? if you started the game again, yep. which deck would you choose? To be honest, for its simplicity, uh, it's probably not the power, the most powerful. But because it's easy to get people to understand, I actually think discard is easy to understand once you, yeah. maybe not your first few days, but once you understand the synergies and they're not too complicated in pool one. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just a good mechanic to get your head around. It's a bit of RNG as well, which I mean can actually be kind of fun early on in the game. Um, obviously, if you're you know you're coming from a card game background, you might prefer <laughs> prefer it to be very rigid and structured and like you know not too yeah. much RNG. But uh, we just have to accept Marvel Snap has a ton of RNG with the cards, with the locations mostly. Like I mean, random locations is just like spanner in the works every time. Like my Patriot deck, I get uh, ongoing is disabled here. I get cards can't be played here. And then I get like, you know, uh, after turn four, cards can't be played here. And I'm just like, I lose. <laughs> so, yep. so like sometimes that just happens. And I mean, that's just the nature of the game. So yeah, I'd start with discard. What about you? I would definitely start with discard. Yep. Um, actually, I wouldn't. But if I was giving if I was giving the advice to new players, I would say start with discard. Yep. Like you said, it's probably the one of the easiest decks to play and also one of the most successful early on. But if yep. I were to go back, Knowing what I know now, I would play the ongoing deck. I think that has the most potential, um, but it, it is a, probably a little bit more skill and, and maths, maybe. I think, yeah. I, think, I think even beyond maths, you have to be very um, deliberate with where you play your cards. Yes. Yeah. Uh, whereas discard, you can be a little bit more, I guess, like a little bit more lazy and just because yeah. your discard cards are so strong, you can be a little bit, uh, yeah, like a little bit more um, free, I guess. Whereas, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, Ongoing, sorry, yeah, ongoing is a bit more involved. You got to think about the locations where you're playing cards, etc. Cool. Um, so, Justin, do you want to go through this ongoing? Just skip over like cards we have. Just mention them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So go this for it. On, ongoing pool two deck. This is probably one of the ones that I used um, in pool two. I think probably one of the one of the build around cards is definitely Devil Dino. Um, he's he's seen a couple of changes, but at the moment he's a five three and gives plus two power to each card in your hand. Yep. So you're trying to maximize your hand size, and you're doing that with Agent 13, who is, you know, it gets you an extra card, extra random card. Mantis yep. um, gets you an extra card if played at the right spot. Cable guarantees you an extra card. Yep. Sentinel copies himself and puts him into your hand. So that's like, you know, four four cards, um, which are getting you a, an extra card in your hand. Yeah. Um, Moon Girl just duplicates your whole hand, which is insane. Yep. Um, the collector is a is also a is probably one of the more important cards in this deck. He's a two one and he gets plus one power for each card that ends up in your hand that you don't draw. What's the wording? So 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 it's, it. it's it's cards that cut, go to your hand that you but not from drawing. So obviously drawing yes. your card like drawing a card from your deck doesn't count. Uh, or cards yeah. that make you draw cards don't count. But anywhere else is yeah plus one. So all of those cards that I just went through, Adrian 13, Mantis, Cable, Sentinel, and Moon Girl are adding power to the collector, which Correct. is awesome. Uh, Mr. Fantastic is a good addition into the deck, just spreading two power across the board. Yep. Um, Iron Man can get, you know, paired with Devil Dino, can get some some crazy numbers. Yeah. Um, 
but also just for versatility. Even if you're at an average average power at a location, you can bump that right up. Yep. Um, Claw is always good to spread some power across the board. Onslaught on a Devil Dino or an <laughs> Iron Man is insane. Yep. Um, or e- even a Claw, actually. Even yeah. a Claw. Any of those three with Onslaught is just insane. Yep. And um, Chavez probably, again, just for um, just for that deck thinning. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think uh, something to understand as a new player is that like Chavez, like when we say deck thinning, Chavez being because you never draw it before turn six, it means for the first five turns you're only drawing from those eleven cards. So it's not a massive percentage, but you have a better chance of drawing those cards before Chavez. And obviously, having Chavez before turn six is a complete waste because you can't play her. So any other card <laughs> is going to be more beneficial. Um, and yeah, like people underestimate. Like having that, like having one less card in your deck, essentially for those first five turns, is actually massive. Um, and then it's great because she's a fate. Like if it was just a zero cost card with that ability, we'd be like, yeah. But the fact that you also get that, like that fail safe of, oh, if I'm in a decent position, I can still play this to win the game. The guaranteed nine power. Yeah. On turn six, if yep. you have nothing else, yeah. Yeah. It can it can easily win you the game, and it will do in 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 like your early time playing yep. the game. It's just a strong yeah. card. That's right. Uh, it's a good deck. One that one that I probably used a lot early on. Yep, that's cool. So so that's kind of like this is like an upgraded version of the pool one sort of ongoing. So we've still got a lot of the cards in there, but we've now got the collector. We've got Moon Girl. Um, I think Agent Thirteen. We also get in pool two. So we've got a bunch of cards now that um, I guess we can capitalize on. Um, yep. And it makes uh, I guess it makes the deck a, a lot stronger. The collector's really really cool. I think. Also, probably something to note as well, Moon Girl, playing Moon Girl on turn four can duplicate any of the higher cost card, the five cost cards like Claw, Devil Dino, or yes. Iron Man, and then you can play them twice, once yes. on turn five and once on turn six, which Correct. is also insane. Yeah, like yeah. you could double, like play two Devil Dinos, two Claws, two Iron Mans, for sure, that's exactly correct. Uh, important thing <clears> with Moon Girl is uh, you can only have seven cards in hand, and uh, th- this is how I learned this. I played Moon Girl, I had like five cards in my hand, and it was only the first two cards that uh, came into my hand, the leftmost cards, and I was like, yep. oh, what the heck happened? Where's, like, I wanted Iron Man, I didn't get Iron Man, I didn't get Devil Dinosaur, and then I realized that seven is the max hand size, very important. If you play something like a Sentinel or a Cable, that card will not go to your hand if your hand is full for some, you know, for whatever other reason. Um, so very important. So like if you played Moon Girl and Sentinel on turn six, nothing's going to go to your hand uh, generally because Moon Girl just copied it all. Um, so yeah, that you is... Defini- you definitely learn hand sizes the yep. hard way playing this deck. Playing this yeah. deck if you're not careful. Um, so yeah, if you've got yeah. four cards in your hand after playing Moon Girl, that fourth card to the right will not get duplicated. Uh, yep. And you have like, like that's exactly like... So that's... Moon Girl's cool, but if you've got like five, six cards in your hand, Moon Girl's not as powerful, obviously. But uh, more cards in your hand, better for Devil Dinosaur. It gets a nice big buff. Yeah. So it is. It is very much about managing your hand size. I think a little bit of a higher skill level deck as well. But you're going to find that with these pool two and pool three decks. Uh, but nonetheless, I think it's a, a fun deck to play at pool two. Next up, this is essentially an evolution of the discard uh, archetype. So we already went through the pool one discard. This is the pool two discard. So we've added Iceman in here. Uh, Iceman uh, adds plus one cost to a card in our opponent's hand. Doesn't sound like much, but if you hit, you know, the card they're about to play next turn and all of a sudden they can't, it can be pretty big. Um, so Iceman's a good interruption. Again, we've got the usuals. We've got Angela in there. We've got Nightcrawler. Um, we've got Ant-Man. Just good one-cost cards that you have access to early on. 
Blade is one of our discard cards. We've got Lady Sif and we've got Swordmaster still. So we've got the same cards, discarding cards. But Justin, do you want to tell us about the uh, important additions here? Uh, Swarm. Swarm is insane. And also, I just love this deck. This is <laughs> this is a more accurate deck to what I played, yep. um, hitting, hitting infinite. So Swarm, when Swarm gets discarded from your hand, you add two copies of Swarm back into your hand. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, pairing that with Nakia, which is a, a 3-1, and she or he... Is that a she, she or a he? She. <laughs> she. And, and uh, which, what, what is Nakia from? Is that from Black Panther? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I do not remember the character. <laughs> um, apologies. Um, Nakia adds plus two power to the two leftmost cards in your hand. Correct. So you want to you wanna play Nakia while Swarm is one of the two most left cards in your hand. Yep. Um, because Swarm will go to a five power. two cost five power. Yep. And then when you discard Swarm, you get two zero five powered yeah. Swarms in your hand, which in is just insane. It's so crazy. Um, also, we added Bishop to this deck, um, three one, and when you play a card, he gets plus one power. Really good, really stable. Um, love this deck. Yeah. So the thing with Bishop is if you if you're filling your board with Swarms like that, sometimes you'll discard Swarm with Blade, then again with Swordmaster. And so now you've got, you know, three cards that you're going to play on turn six, essentially, because they cost zero, uh, plus all your one cost. You can fill the board sometimes. So Bishop, getting him out turn three, turn four, turn five, turn six, you're playing a lot of cards generally. So he can actually yeah, get decent. It, and you can play him at locations that get locked down as also, yeah. which is a big use for In an ideal world, you will fill... All all location spots with this um with this deck. Yep. Which means Bishop will get to yeah, if you play him on turn three. Like six um, or seven, he, eight. Yeah, he can get to seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um yeah, so like this is the upgraded discard. This is essentially what I played to get to infinite. I think I pretty much played this list for one whole season to get to infinite, and then I did it at like an upgraded pool three version the next season. Um, because yeah, it's just it just worked. It was just been working. It's good. I've been playing other decks now. Obviously, for I was playing other decks, but I was kind of like just when I really wanted to focus in and go for infinite. It was just this was what I played nonstop. Me too. I was relying on the discard deck to raise the ranks. Otherwise, yeah. I was playing decks just for for fun. Yeah. It does get it does get repetitive, and it, it is like it is a bit of RNG. Sometimes yep. you'll play, you'll have blade in your hand turn one, and you'll have like swarm apocalypse and yep. something else that you need, like a sword master. Yeah, and then you'll think, oh, there's like you know sixty six point six seven percent chance that I discard a swarm or apocalypse. Yeah. You know, one a card that I want ends up discarding the wrong thing and then you're kind of screwed. For sure. But here's a pro tip. So let's say you play, say it's like turn three and you can go like Angela and then you can go Blade and you hold off on playing the Blade because, you know, I don't know, maybe you've got Swarm, Apocalypse and like Swordmaster in your hand and you're like, oh, but next turn I can play like Swordmaster and Blade. That's way better. And like, yes, you're, you're right. But if you play the Blade and discard Swarm or Apocalypse, you, like you, you're getting your your. Di oh, sorry. Like my example is probably more. Um, uh, I actually do this a lot on turn one. Tell me if you do the same. If I've got Blade, no Angela in hand, I've got other one cost cards. In, uh, like no other one cost cards. You play Blade, yeah. I, I don't hold Blade unless I have a like. I know I've got Angela in my hand, and I'm waiting to use him for that. Because the thing is, if he misses what you wanted him to hit, you can just retreat and lose one cube. Whereas, yeah, it, it really depends what yeah. I have in hand. If yes. I had, if I have blade, 
and I don't have a swarm or a pocket, oh, yes. I probably won't. I, I won't, won't claim because yes. I don't want to discard anything. But for sure, if it's turn one and I've got like swarm and apocalypse you know, in hand, swarm and apocalypse, I definitely do it. If yes. I had one of them, it depends what the other card is. Yeah. Like if like, I had, if I had another discard card, I may not because you need those discard yes. cards. But if it's just another one cost card, a couple of one cost cards, yeah, you probably sure. would do it. So my thing yeah. is like if Blade hits swarm on turn one. And like, like say, and you get, you know, you've now got two, three cost cards for free. If another discard kit card hits them, you've now got three of them. And then, like you said with Nakia, if Nakia buffs Swarm, and you know you have that, I don't know, thirty-three percent chance that you're going to hit him, or you're going to hit something good. That thirty-three percent chance that you hit Swarm is just going to put you in an amazing position to win the game. And if you yeah. if you wait and then you don't get the chance to discard it, then you both times you you, you end up losing. So yeah, I think correct. you sometimes you just gotta like play to the RNG and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, um, because what can what can happen later in the game if you don't play Blade initially, then you can end up with like Blade, Lady Sif, and Swordmaster yeah. in your hand, and then you're kind of screwed. Yep. Then like it it's hard it's hard to win the game from there. Yeah. Because you're gonna discard one of them anyway. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's, it's as you play the deck, you actually just learn this stuff. Like it is a lot of trial yep. and error. Um, but don't be afraid to, like, if it's a 50-50, don't be afraid to play the discard card. Because if you hold it till turn five, and then, you know, something bad happens with a location, and now all of a sudden you can't play cards there, or, you know, you you now have, like you said, if you've got Swordmaster and Lady Sif turn five, you can't play both of them. Yep. So you've just wasted a card um, that could have given you a massive advantage. So, yeah, it's a bit of trial and error, but fantastic deck. Absolutely love it. And this is our last pool two deck that we're going to go through, and I thought I'd throw in a fun one here. Uh, here we have the Pool 2 move Ooh. deck. Now, the reason there's no Pool 1 move deck is because you don't actually have access to a lot of these cards until Pool 2. Um, I, I, I really enjoy the move archetype. Uh, basically, for those that are still early in the game, basically what you're doing is you're moving cards around the locations to get buffs, and uh, you're like duplicating cards, doing all crazy shenanigans. There's not really any other decks that do the things that the move, move cards do. Um, like... Multiple man duplicates himself. Uh, like, so you've got a bunch of crazy interactions. We'll go through the deck list. If you like doing math, <laughs> this deck is for you. <laughs> so a lot of calculations involved. There's a lot of combo-y things in this deck. Pretty high skill level compared to... Uh, probably the highest skill level compared to the other decks we've gone through. But it's also a ton of fun. I wouldn't call this a super like top-tier deck. But it can put out some crazy power, especially early on. Um, we'll go through the cards. So Iron Fist... Uh, one cost card, two power. When you play him, it moves a card. The reason we basically want to be moving cards all the time because they get buffs from that. Um, we've got Nightcrawler in here. Can't have a moving card without Nightcrawler, Justin. <laughs> Very true. Nightcrawler every deck. Use him. Um, so some other cards that help move. Uh, we've got Cloak here. Uh, on the next turn, you and your opponent can move cards to Cloak's location. Uh, obviously, your opponent can move cards too, but you're the one getting the buffs from the movement. Uh, we've got Doctor Strange who also moves cards. He moves the highest cost card on your side to his location. Um, the reason that's important is the cards that benefit from this, we've got Multiple Man. He's a three power card for two cost. When he moves, he duplicates himself back to his original location. So if we can buff him, we've got cards like Forge to buff Multiple Man. Uh, after you play Forge, the next card gets plus two. So if you've got a five power Multiple Man and then we uh, move him, we get two five power cards for the two cost. It's pretty good. Uh, and you've also got Hulkbuster in there. Hulkbuster essentially merges with another card and adds its power to it. So you, you free up a slot uh, on the board and you can get multiple men to like seven power. Um, you can even get him to nine power if you uh, have a lot of luck. And uh, just duplicating a nine power card all over the board is just nuts. 
Um, so multiple men, yeah. very key to the deck. Uh, Justin, do you want to go through the uh, we'll go through Craven and the rest? Yeah, so Craven, when a card is moved to this location, Craven gets plus two power. Um, I think I think Craven is good. He's definitely good, um, probably because of Heimdall. Um, but first, I'll go through Vulture. Vulture, when he's moved, he gets plus five power. Um, and then Heimdall moves everything to the one left. location to, to the, the left. left. So that's yeah. so, so Heimdall's yeah, yeah go. Yeah, so Heimdall is like your 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 finisher kind of thing. But uh, like Richie said, you need to do a lot of math to make, to get this deck going. Yep. Um, Heimdall, I was just gonna say, also helps Craven because if you've played Craven, like in the middle, and he in the middle, and he moves to the left, and he's like in the middle, but the first spot on the left, uh, your first spot on that location, yep. and he moves, then he'll get. Uh, plus two for the three other cards moved to his location. So he'll get plus so he, six, he, yeah. He can get pretty beefy. Um, I just think, like, with the move deck, <laughs> this early on, I, I I did try move decks because they can get to some crazy powers. Like, yep. if you can move, it's something as simple as, um, let's see, something as simple as playing Vulture turn three, Yep. playing... Say Doctor Strange turn four, moving the Vulture, he gets plus five, he's now at eight. And then playing like a Cloak turn five. Moving stuff there. Yeah. Moving stuff there, including Vulture, he can, that's like 13. And then Heimdall on turn yep. six. Your Vulture is uh, 18 power. Like yep. three cost 18 power. That is insane. <laughs> it, it'll happen more often than you think. Yeah. Um, but it just requires so much math. Yep. And. With multiple men, because he's multiplying himself to different locations, mm-hmm. I feel that if you're if you just have a two three multiple man yeah. and you're you're duplicating him all all across the board, then it fills up the it's board. Kind, it, it fills up the board. It's kind of not worth it. You play Heimdall and you just get all these like three powered multiple men like all across the board. It's like yeah. not great. And so that's where the math thing comes in. You actually need yeah. to be like actively thinking about, okay, when I play Heimdall and these cards move, what's going where? Am I accidentally blocking? Like, there's times where you'll, multiple men will duplicate and you forget about it, and now all of a sudden, the card, the vulture you thought was moving will not have enough room, and so it doesn't move. Uh, yeah. My suggestion, if you want to play this move deck, definitely play it. It's a ton of fun, but you need to, you need to actually, um, like, play it a ton before it's going to click and you're going to understand all the synergies because even with the locations, it can really do some crazy stuff to the deck. Um, like if you've got Sinister London where it duplicates cards, sometimes duplicating cards to the wrong place means you can't move stuff there. Uh, yeah. it, it is very intricate. I think out of all these pool one and two decks, move decks are definitely the highest skill level. And I'd say that's why they're played probably the least, but in no way are they bad. I think it's a fun archetype. Um, there's actually some uh, some unreleased cards that uh, involve the move archetype that Marvel Snap have uh, have from some data mining. Uh, they've actually been unveiled. Um, the, they are subject to change, but we know that they're supporting the move archetype. They're not just abandoning it. There are cards coming to help it out. Um, we've got someone in the chat that says, why does Chavez feature in so many pool one and two decks? Because to finish off the move deck, we've got Chavez. And it pretty much goes back to what we were saying earlier. You're thinning your deck. So it's one less card that you're going to draw uh, during turns one to five, which means you're more likely to draw the cards that you actually can play on those turns. And then you've also got that fail safe. I don't think there's other, the only other card that is um, higher than nine power in these pools, I think is Hulk at 12 power. Um, I believe so. Yeah, Hulk so, and Infernaut is yeah, pool one. Yeah, I think. but like he's, he's got a pretty bad, um, 
like a downside to Ability. him. So let's say like Hulk is your other only other real option in these pools, and he if you draw him turn one, it's a dead card. Chavez yeah. is three less power, but you never draw it before turn six. It's 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 just infinitely better in terms of uh, like thinning your deck. Yeah, it's it's just it's a really cool ability, um, and I don't think people realized early on in Marvel Snap how good that ability was because it does thin your deck. You're essentially playing with an eleven card deck for five turns, which means you're more likely to draw the cards you need. That's pretty much why it's in so many decks, um, and it's yeah, your fail safe. It's your fail safe. Yeah. I think something also important to note with a move deck is. It's so easily influenced by locations, which is a bad thing. Yep. Um, and that's why maybe, maybe I would include a Scarlet Witch in here. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you definitely can. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely you can maybe. replace something. Maybe Nakia gets replaced. Oh, Nakia is good with multiple men too, though. Nakia is good. Yeah. Like also an- another comment I'd have on this deck is I I wouldn't really be playing multiple men unless I could buff him. But you've Whether got so many options. Oh, like you're just saying in general you don't play him if you don't get the buff. In general, yep. if if I didn't if yep. I didn't play a forge and then multiple man or buff him with a Nakia. You mean multiple or... men then forge? No, forge then multiple men. Sorry, forge. I'm thinking Hulkbuster. Continue. Yeah, forge <laughs> then multiple man, yes. Nakia on a multiple man or a Hulkbuster on a on multiple, multiple man. man then yep. I probably wouldn't wouldn't play multiple men unless yep. I could buff him in some way, shape, or form. Um, because just not great. I think it depends. But, um, if, you, if you're not going to fill up the board and multiple men's going to move regardless, then play him. Um, yeah. But like, I get what you're saying. If it's going to clog up your board and you're not going to be able to move something like a vulture, then yeah, you wouldn't play it. Yeah, but that's that's but that's you'll you'll learn that as you play the deck. Learn, trust me. <laughs> move decks like it's it's, a, it's, it's a hard. Definitely a fun are, deck to play. Yes, they're it's fun. A fun deck to play. They're just they're hard. It's 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 one of the harder decks, and that's why you don't see it as often. And it's also like yeah. not super like it's not broken or anything. So. People just no. gravitate to the broken decks. Cool. And one of the things that was happening when I was playing this deck is, like, I would be on turn five um, <laughs> and then, like, doing my turn six turn, and I just would not know how my board state yeah, is going to yeah, end yeah. up, you, you and you I couldn't do be math. doing the math. got to do the math, man. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the whole point of the deck. If you want to play it well, you got to do the math. That's right. All right. So let's check out. Uh, we're going to check out um, the, 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 the history of Marvel Snap. Now, it is quite a new game, and when I say history, we're not going to take a look before the game came out in beta, but we are going to take a look at some of the changes that new players haven't actually experienced, and uh, uh, all, uh, players that have been playing through the beta or returning players for global launch, you're going to know some of these things, some of these changes that were made, you're going to remember the days before these changes and think, wow, what a time to be alive in the Marvel Snap uh, Marvel Snap universe. So, let's uh, let's go through, I've got a bit of a, a little list here. Um now I don't have I, I didn't bring up images of the cards, but you're gonna know most of these cards, guys, because a lot of them are, you get quite early in the game. Uh, so we we were discussing Iron Man before. Now there wasn't any like changes per se to Iron Man, but um, early on in Marvel Snap's uh, like history, when people were learning the game, learning decks, people wrote off Iron Man completely because he was a zero power card. Like yeah, he doubles, but I mean he only wins you one location. How do you win the other locations? Blah 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 blah. And then uh, once, like, we had things like Sinister London that could copy Iron Man, and we had, like, you know, these other ongoing cards that were pretty broken. Not broken, but other ongoing cards that are really good. Um, And, you know, Spectrum can buff them. Iron Man can do some, like, ridiculous things. And I've seen games where, like, they play Iron Man turn five and there's no other cards at that location. And I'm like, oh, this is, like, okay. This is fine. And then, you know, they have, like, um, you know, there might be, 
uh, Elysium where cards cost one less and all of a sudden they like play a bunch of cards there and get like 20, 30 power. And I'm like, well, I, I had no chance that entire time. Um, Iron Man can just get you like to like, you can get locations to like 50 plus and it's pretty nuts. Thoughts on Iron Man? Iron Man is insane. Yeah. Like Iron Man, it's, he's not like a card where on a location alone, he will win you that location. Yeah. But like you can, like you said, you can get like you and your opponent committing to a location and all it takes is no matter what else they play, unless it's another Iron Man, yeah. all it takes is for you to play an Iron Man and you have just won most of the time, won that location. Yeah. And like then if it's, they play, yeah. And there's nothing that they can do about it unless it's like an Enchantress or something. Yep. And then also there's Mystique, which is probably a special mention. You can play Iron Man turn five at a location and then Mystique turn six, which copies <laughs> Iron Man's That's ability. That's so stupid. Yeah, it's, it's like just a billion, a billion power. So yeah, Iron so I thought we'd say, because Iron Man was like kind of written off early and then people realized, how, how did we think this was bad? Um now we're going to go through some of the changes to cards. Uh, let's go through cards that you have access to early on. So we've got the Collector, which we discussed um, in our ongoing hand size deck. Uh, collector used to be plus two power for every card added to your hand. Now you can imagine with cards like Moon Girl, uh, if you had three cards in your hand, you've, uh, Moon Girl get you know plus three cards in your hand. That's plus six power. Uh, pretty crazy. And then all of those one-cost cards that add cards to your hand are giving Collector plus two power. So Collector could end up like 12 plus from like pool two onwards um, in a I, game. I was getting in that deck that we looked at before, yeah. that Dino and Collector deck. Yeah. I was using that and Collector was getting like similar levels to Devil Dino. It's crazy. So you, I was getting him to like 15 power easily each yep. game, which is just insane for a two-cost card. He, that was, really, he was cracked. That really is insane. Now, a note yeah. for some of these cards that we're going to talk about, uh, a lot of these cards were heavily used in Pool 1 and Pool 2 decks. Because of the changes to them, they're not as heavily used. So you might not see many deck lists using some of these cards, but these cards, some of these cards used to be absolutely insane. So next up, we have Nakia. So um, we've showcased Nakia in a few decks today. Uh, her ability now is the two leftmost cards get plus two. It used to be all cards in your hand got plus two power. So if you had five, six cards in your hand, they all got plus two. Uh, why is this completely insane, Justin? <laughs> this is completely insane because for a three-cost card, <laughs> you are getting, like, just say you had even just, like, four cards in hand, yep. you are getting, like, eight power for yep. a three-cost card. Yep. And some of those cards may be things like, you know, the discard deck we looked at before. Yep. You're def if you have Swarm in hand, you are definitely getting that Swarm. Every time. To, to five power. Yep. Every time. It's so consistent. Yep. And if it's like, you know, the move decks, for instance, you are getting every card in hand, like multiple man, yep. to uh, plus two power. Like, yeah, the so consistency he's, he's, he's was five just every crazy. time. So you think, like, you get him to five, you play a Forge, you get him to, you know, you play Nakia, get him to five, Forge, play him, get him to seven, Hulkbuster, get him to, like, 11, 12. It's just, yeah. It was crazy. I think it, it was the consistency that was yes. just that was just insane. For it sure. would happen like every game, every yep. game it was happening. So yep. yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, I, playing that in discard, it was just like the most broken deck. Like you just always, yeah. you just always won. <laughs> uh, when yeah, you got, and, and when not, you not only swarm. is it buffing your swarm, but then like <laughs> your apocalypse, like a, then your apocalypse, and you all discards. your other cards are getting plus two. Like, <laughs> how is that fair? I, I I don't think there was one deck in the game that didn't run that card. 
Yeah, it made every deck better. You you just had to run. You just had to run it. It was like, it, like we talk about staples in Marvel Snap, but depending on what deck you play, there's no. You're not gonna. Ha- there's no deck that has like. There's no card that is in every single deck. At one point, that definitely pretty much was, because <laughs> yeah. it just was never a bad card to play if you had cards in hand. Um, so yeah, so that's that's what Nakia used to be. Um, I know a lot of people will remember that and be like, "Yep, it was crazy." Um, Justin, you gave me a few here. So these a couple of these cards are cards that you unlock later in the game. But uh, I think Strong Guy is a pool one or two card. I think you get Strong Guy quite early on. So Strong Guy's ability is uh, it's pretty cool. So he's a four power, a four cost card now, and he has four power. And if there's no cards in your hand, so essentially at the end of the game, you want to play all your cards he would go to plus six. So he would end up on 10 power for four costs, which is pretty good, wouldn't you say, Justin? Like it's okay. Yeah, four cost and power, pretty good. It's okay. Uh, before this, he used to be a two cost card and he had three power. So you essentially got him to a two cost card to nine power. That's insane. <laughs> like just sitting here and like thinking about it is now, we actually didn't get to play. We didn't have the beta in Australia before. Uh, we got the beta after this change happened. So we never actually got to experience Strong Guy at two power, at two cost. Uh, sorry. Um, I- I've played decks with him even at four cost, and they were pretty good. So I can only imagine how stupid he was. A chat has said that he he's pool one. So you were getting that card very early on. And again, like if you had a card with a lot of one cost cards, you're swarming the Swarming the board, you've got Kazar there who like buffs all the one cost, and then you play Strong Guy on turn two, and then like you you you've got four turns to play other cards to get them out of your hand, whereas now you only have two turns to get all the cards out of your hand. It's just crazy. <laughs> it, it, that's a crazy card. I kind of I haven't really played much with Strong Guy, but yep. I can see the potential yep. if he was a two cost. Yeah, I played him. I played him early on, even at four cost, and he was like kind of good yeah. in the early stages of the game. Um, so yeah, yeah that's pretty. That's pretty nuts. Uh. Speaking of discard, uh, this is a pool three card, so uh, a lot of you wouldn't have unlocked this if you've just started playing, but Hellcow is a really cool card in discard because he discards two random cards from your hand. So if you've got Swarm and Apocalypse in hand, he discards both. Fantastic. Really, really good card uh, for the discard deck. Uh, he is a four-cost card, and he has six power. So very similar to like Swordmaster, six power, but he discards two cards which from hand, which is great in a discard deck. What did he used to be, Justin? Do you know? <laughs> Because we didn't get to play with this either, unfortunately. Yeah, this is before my time. I don't know what power he was, but I know that so, he was a two-cost card. And he was still six power. Wow. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Saw- <laughs> because now, like, when when I play Hellcow now, you're, even if you start with Hellcow in hand, yeah. you're playing so many cards before you actually get to play him that yes. your hand changes so much. Yes. But with Hellcow starting in your hand and getting to play him on turn two... <laughs> Like, that is just insane. So, think of this. So, you've got your starting hand is like Blade, Halcow, Apocalypse, and you start the game and you draw Swarm. So, you play Blade, it hits like the Swarm, and you play Halcow, and you're just guaranteed to discard both of them by turn it's two. Basically, you've turn basically two. won the game on turn two. <laughs> That's yeah. just... And then every card you're drawing, you're essentially, I guess, just playing. But, like, it's 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 pretty nuts. Um, yeah, that, that one still, they, like, they... rattles my brain. Yeah, I they kind of look like they looked at like discarding cards as, as bad. a bad thing. Yes, that's the only explanation. But then once, yeah, once you put together like a solid discard deck yeah. with like Apocalypse and Swarm, yep. it is not a bad thing to discard cards. No, so that's definitely the. I feel like that's definitely the the impression I get based on this uh, nerf. Like that is cheaper than Swordmaster, 
and it's like Swordmaster only discards one card. So this is stronger, but you have to discard two cards. That must be a bad thing. And then when we realize, wait, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. That's just, yeah, it's nuts to think about. I wish we got to play with that just to like actually experience it because I feel like that would have been Thank crazy. Um, cool. So then we've got, uh, so uh, you, you you mentioned this one. Um, Okoye used to be a one cost card, one power, and her ability is all cards in your deck get plus one power. So similar to Nakia that it just it just makes your deck better. Um, what is Okoye now? A two cost card, correct? A 2-2, two, two, yeah. A 2-2. Two, two. So it's a little bit more power, but you're not buffing cards till turn two. So you're getting one less card. It's taking up your turn two slot. Uh, what do you think about it at one cost? Would you uh, play it? I, I would definitely play it. Yeah. Like when you look at when you look at one cost cards, they're not like some of them have cool abilities, but usually it's not like a game changing card. Yeah, you know that's what right. I mean? But with Okoye playing her at a uh, on turn one, yeah. you're buffing every single card in your deck. Yep. Every card that you're drawing from there on um, has plus one power. Yep. And again, you're not taking up your turn two slot. Yeah. You can play like, you know, you got like Angela or, yeah. or some, some some cards that can be strong on turn two. For sure. Turn one, not so much. So I reckon that it, that was pretty OP. So like even in discard deck, we used to I used to play Okoye at two power, at two cost. So you had yeah. that to buff, you had Nakia to buff. But if I've got that turn one, that's I'm playing that in I'm playing that in a lot of different decks, you know, that need, you know, power buffs. Like a move deck, if you play Okoye turn one, your multiple man's now at four. Yeah. Then you get it in hand, Nakia gets it to six. Like it, yeah. it's like that's that's a lot better. Um yeah, at one power that's pretty that's pretty like it's not I don't think it's like crazy broken, but it's, it's just not a much better broken. card. It's- it's just more consistent. For sure. More consistency. Yeah. Now, now, chat has said that um, uh, referring to Hellcow, it was actually in a bunch of other decks. Uh, and then on turn six, you would just play it for big stats. So, like, um, yeah, like if you play Sarah, Sarah makes all cards in your hand cost one less. He would have become a one cost card. Six power for one cost. That's crazy. And then you play a bunch of cards. You're not discarding anything in your hand. It's the last turn. That's that's crazy. That is crazy. It's not even. It wasn't even like it didn't even need to be played in discard. Yeah, discard. It's just for stats. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy. We actually because Australia got the beta later, but like a month and a half after the game uh, had been released, uh, the the first beta players. So we did miss out on these. Unfortunately, we actually just didn't have access to it. So some more recent ones we've got here. Actually, uh, Nova was one you brought up as well. We didn't get to experience this either. No, we did. We experienced this very early on, didn't we? I don't know if we oh. did, but like I did not I see have this the... played that much. But yep. I know that when I've listened to other people talk about Marvel Snap, yep. who were who were in the beta um, earlier than us, yes. like all they talk about is Nova Carnage. Yeah, we've been crazy. Like, yeah, Nova Carnage, Nova Carnage. So Nova used to be when Nova is destroyed, it's plus two power so to all your cards. board. Yep. On your board. So if you're, yes, and Nova is a one-cost card, Carnage <laughs> is a two-cost card, so you can just play a normal game, yep. right? In a in a destroyed deck, yeah, but even in just any deck, yeah. you're playing a normal game, oh, you're leaving one location open, and then you're on turn six, you can play a three-cost card or like Four a cost. couple of smaller cards. Oh, and sorry, then, play both of yeah, them. Yeah, and, and then you just play like Nova Carnage, <gasps> And it buffs like every card on your board plus two, plus two power. That's, that is insane. That is actually insane because I think of it like ha- the way we do that now. Like if I want to buff all ongoing cards, only ongoing cards, I have to play a six cost card to to do that. And it's only specific cards or Patriot. Yeah. Patriot is the same plus two, but it's very specific cards that have no abilities 
which aren't helping your board other than power. So the yeah, fact that you could up. just do that on turn three and still play another three cost card is like pretty nuts. It's crazy. And I think it was being played a lot with like kazoo decks. So you yep. would get like All bizarre your, yeah. with a bunch of one cost cards. You've basically filled the board and then you're destroying your Nova and they're all getting plus one from Kazar, plus two from Nova. And it's just like game changing. That's I think, yeah, disgusting. I think it was pretty toxic to be honest. Like oh, everyone was playing it. For sure. It's like, I, like I think of... The way that we achieve that now is so much work and like you have to do it on turn six. You can't play anything else generally. And then you're just doing it to your entire board every, like, like most games. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, I even think like Iron Man, like if you have a location with Iron Man and it's looking pretty grim and you've got a bunch of one cost cards and you're like, you know, 12 power, you add eight power there. You're now adding an extra 16 power. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Four cards get plus two and you've your Iron Man's gone from like a full location that can't like, yeah, how do we buff this? Maybe Kazar gets at plus eight with, you know, or no, like it would three, one cost. It gets like plus six. Now all of a sudden you get plus 16. That's nuts. Yeah. That's, that's like, I can, I can just see how broken that would have been. And yeah. I can see why that got changed very quickly. Now, um, we've got Jubilee here. Now Jubilee is a really cool card. I think it's a pool two card. I want to say, um yeah, yeah so. where you so when you play Jubilee, when you play other cards at that location, it um it puts them back in the deck so their on reveals happen, so it's great with on reveal cards. So you play an Ironheart, Ironheart buffs three cards with plus two power, then it goes back into the deck and another card comes out. Oh no, sorry, I'm I'm like talking the wrong card. Jubilee pulls a card out from your deck and plays it at the location. I was I was yep. I was describing Lockjaw completely, you should have just cut me off. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Jubilee is a weak card. It's only one power and it's a four cost card, but it could potentially pull out a 20 power Infinite from your deck or a 12 power Hulk. It can do some crazy stuff. The problem was that its old ability was on reveal, play the top card of your deck to this location. So Justin explained to me what the issue with this card was and what this ability's yeah. issue was. So... Like the chat was saying, why Chavez? Why is Chavez so popular? Yes. And it is so popular now. But while Jubilee had this ability, pull the top card of your of your deck into this location. Yep. Chavez was Chavez Jubilee was in every deck, and it's because the way that the game works is Chavez is shuffled into your deck, but you can only pull her on turn six. Yep. So turns one to five, if she was on top of your deck. Instead of pulling her, you would pull the next card. So she would still remain on top of your deck. Yeah. And that's still how it works. Yes. I think she Chavez still remains on top of your deck. Okay. So yep. by Jubilee pulling the top card of your deck, she is more often than not pulling Chavez because in turns one to five, Chavez could have been the top card and she is remaining on top of your deck yeah. if she has ever been on top of your deck. So you are you're more than likely gonna pull Chavez when you play Jubilee. I understand now. So if she was shuffled to, let's say, the second the second spot in your deck. So turn one, yep. you draw a card. Chavez now becomes the top card, and it stays there for the rest of the game. That's Correct. how the game's coded. I understand that. So it's yep. not like it's it's hidden from your deck, and you always draw, and then it appears turn six. It's actually in the deck, and it keeps its location. Like it, it's like, so if it's yeah, I guess that makes sense. So so you basically had a higher chance of pulling Chavez than any other card, essentially. Than any other card. Yeah. Like, like, like over the, the long run, like over like, you know, a hundred games, you're going to pull Chavez more than the other cards. That's pretty crazy, actually. 
Um, yep. So it wasn't like a super, like it's not a crazy broken combo, but getting a nine power like more often than not, I mean, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so, and I think, it, and like the rate was pretty high. Like you yeah, start with 12, be, 12 cards in deck, yep. you get what, three cards, you start with three cards in your hand. Yep, draw a fourth one. Is that right? Yeah, you draw the you fourth dr- one, turn you, one. Yeah, so you draw four, yeah, fourth turn one, fifth turn Five, two, six, and seven, then eight, nine. Three. Yeah, so you end up with three yeah. cards generally left you in deck. Up, you end up with three cards yep. left in deck. So of, and none of those first, uh, nine cards that you pulled could have been Chavez. Yeah. So you're going to pull Chavez like, what, nine out of 12 times or 10 out of 12 yeah, times. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's yeah. insane. That it's, is insane. It's pretty nuts. Um, So I can see why now the ability is just a random card from your deck to avoid it being Chavez most of the time. Um, yeah. Cool. So we've got, these are some more uh, recent ones. So uh, these only happened in the last month or so. So these are quite fresh for us as well. Um, The first one is Ronan. So Ronan was a super underused card. No one played it. It was basically the opposite of Dino, uh, Devil Dinosaur. Devil Dinosaur has plus two for each card in your hand, whereas Ronan was plus two for every card in your opponent's hand. They buffed him up to plus two, uh, plus three power for each card in your opponent's hand, um, and he became a five-cost card, three power, which is how Devil Dinosaur is now. Five-cost, three power. Um, but the ability became plus three power. So if your opponent had six cards in hand, you were getting what six twelve eighteen power, that's yeah. crazy. We were, people were playing this in a ton of decks. It was getting heaps of play uh, for maybe like three weeks, maybe a month max, and then they. So he was a, I think he was what a four. He was originally a four cost card. Four yeah, zero. I think he was, was a four zero. Four cost yeah. zero power, but he only got plus two. Then they changed him to five three plus two three power. Then it I was. Think you, I think they changed him to a five zero with five plus zero. Three sorry, power. you're correct. Five zero with plus yeah. three plow, power, which would get you to you know eighteen. So potentially you could get to twenty one if they had a full hand. Yeah. Which is if they were playing a devil dinosaur, you were going to get to a higher number than their devil dinosaur. And yeah. then what happened was they reverted it. They basically they they nerfed it. So big buff, big nerf, and he went to a five cost card, three power. And plus two for each card in your hand. So he's essentially identical now to Devil Dinosaur, but it's cards in your opponent's hand, sorry, rather than in your hand. And again, zero play. I've literally not seen a Ronin since. Because he's just yeah, so a worse my, version of my, Devil Dinosaur. In my experience, I had no idea who Ronin was. <laughs> then they buffed him. All of a sudden, everyone was using him. Yep. I was using him, especially in a Mr. Negative deck, because yes. he was a 5-0 with an insane ability. Yep. And uh, now I haven't seen him since. Literally and haven't that, seen once. That buff only lasted, like, it was that small gap between those two patches. I think it was only, like, two and a half or three weeks. Yeah, like, two, three weeks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. So, uh, the last card, and this was probably the most talked about card in the last, let's say, two months, maybe. Um, that is Mr. Negative. Now, Mr. Negative is a pool three card. So, uh, if you're new to Marvel Snap, you're not going to be unlocking him for a while, Sadly, he's nowhere near as powerful as he was. He's still a very strong card. Um, We'll explain why. So he was always a four-cost card, and he was four-power. So, like, okay for a four-cost card, I guess. But his ability was all the cards in your deck, their power and their cost swap. So an example, which was very, very powerful, is Iron Man. Iron Man is a five-cost card, five energy, zero power. Those numbers flipped. He became a zero-cost card. With five power, that still doubles the power at your location. So all of a sudden, Iron Man becomes free to play when you draw him, 
and he gives you 10 power instantly because of his ability. Plus, any other cards there still have his ability. So that was just like, that's just one card that got broken. Ironheart, another zero, zero power card. All of a sudden, it had three power and still had its ability. There was a ton of other cards like this that uh, Mr. Negative worked with. And basically, you could have turn sixes where you played Iron Man, Ironheart, White Tiger. You could play a bunch of four, five, six cost cards in one turn. It was insane. Mr. Negative still has that ability, so you can still pull off his crazy combos, but we they, he got nerfed to a one-power card. Now, we discussed this on the podcast when we were saying what needed to be nerfed, and we said Mr. Negative months ago, and it did get nerfed. Your idea was exactly this. Let's just lower the power of him. I didn't like that because I still think his ability is way too powerful. He ended up actually getting nerfed again like two weeks later because obviously the stats hadn't changed much. He's him losing three power. His ability was the actual reason you play the card. No one really cared about actually Mr. Negative's power. So now Mr. Negative, when you finally unlock him in pool three, he is a four cost card. His power is negative one. Is this the first card we've seen that is a natural negative one that doesn't like, like I think of Green Goblin and Hob sorry, yeah, Green Goblin and Hobgoblin are negative, but their whole point is they go to your opponent's side. They hurt your opponent. Do we have any cards that are just negative to your side of the board? We have the hood, which is like a negative I, two. I guess you're right. You're right. One, but it gives you six. a six power card, so you're still positive four. <laughs> yeah, correct. He gives you a six power card in your hand for one cost. So, I mean, it's like two cost for four power. And, and I mean, yeah. yeah it's interesting. Um, I, think I, 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 think, yeah. I think, like, I know that you're saying that Mr. Negative's um, ability is OP. I think the way that they have kind of changed that is by changing the power of other cards. Yes, like, you're right. De you're correct. Devil Dino, Devil Dino is no longer zero power. Devil Dino yes. is now three power. So you're, it's like yes. a, buff, a buff to Devil Dino, but it kind N of is like a, a nerf to Mr. Negative. Deck. Yes. Um, the only cards that uh, are used in a Mr. Negative deck that remain a zero power zero is like one, your yeah. Iron Man, Iron Heart. Um, yeah, there's nothing else. Like, Wolfsbane's one. Wolfsbane can get played. It's like can, not, not as like, common. White Tiger, what used, yeah. What used to be tiger, like, what, what used to happen is Lady <laughs> Thor would bring out all of the zero cost so, cards. So you what, can't do yes. that anymore. So what Lady Thor does, you play her on turn five, and she adds all zero cost cards to your hand, which would be Iron Man, Devil Dinosaur, Ronan at one point when he was zero power, um, Ironheart, and you could play all of them for free plus a like four, five, six cost card. Yeah, it's it so was broken. It was insane. <laughs> Just thinking about it is like, how did this deck end up existing? <laughs> Yeah, um, I think also, I think it is a good change to the negative one. I okay, think yep. Just like the interaction you were saying before with the, with an Iron Man, which is played in every single Mr. Negative deck. Yep, the negative one. Before, you could get Mr. Negative Four, and an Iron Man five. On, one, on one location. 18 power. And you would get 18 power. <laughs> now, you can't do that anymore. Yes. You get Mr. Negative and an Iron Man at the same location, you and you're only getting eight, eight power. power. And, and I think you're right in that they they buffed other cards like devil dinosaur was kind of a buff i guess maybe not really yeah. but they made sure that these cards had power they weren't zero anymore because mr negative yeah. could take advantage of that so again i guess what you're saying let's let's change other cards to make mr negative less powerful one thing i yeah. do like to, i do want to note is uh i'm sure they thought thematically that mr negative would be negative one <laughs> Yeah, that is pretty good. Like uh, that kind of, I kind of giggled when I saw that change. So that Mister Negative was probably the like the most recent, um, like super strong, played all the time deck because it just had that crazy synergy. Um, but here we are now. Marvel Snap is in the current state that it is. 
Uh, if any of you want to go check out all the patch notes, you can get them on marvelsnap.com. If you go to their announcements, you can sort by patch notes and actually read all the old patches. For those of you that like, you know, you're really into the game, you like seeing the evolution of things, go and check that out because there's a bunch of other changes in the last like four months, five months that the game's been in beta. These were probably the main ones that had massive impacts. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's more. Um, but yeah, so it's um, quite interesting. I actually got Mr. Negative quite early now that I think about it and I didn't really play him because I didn't know what cards to play around him. Then when I unlocked, yeah. then when I realized, like, yeah, he's actually pretty nuts. Another card we thought, Jubilee. So Jubilee is a 4-1. You flip that to a 1-4. Now you play Jubilee. You pull another card out of your deck. Oh, man, it's just nuts. It's insane. I, I played, well, I think we both played Mr. Negative while it was a 4-4. Four, four. Yep. It, was, it was insane. Yep. Like, I got to infinite with that deck. <laughs> um, I... Haven't played him much since the nerf, Same. just because it's not it's not as consistent. Devil, Devil Dinosaur and Ronin being zero power was just like the, the the craziest thing ever. It was just super super like overpowered, and I think yeah. where it is now is good. Cool, I agree. Yeah, for sure. So now we are at Marvel Snap. How it is? Um, we've got all these new players coming there. They're having their opinion on the game. I've seen a bunch of positive things. I've seen people that, you know, are not too keen on the game. You know, they think there's not enough strategy. I think to anyone that's unsure of how they feel right now, just keep playing uh, early on in the game. Yes, you're playing other people with similar card pools, so there's not a ton of variety. Once you get to your, your end of pool two, start unlocking pool three cards. Start getting these, like, crazy, not cra not powerful abilities, but these new mechanics and abilities. The game really opens up. Your deck building options open up. Um, and then I think you'll really start to appreciate the the strategy and intricacies of the game. Uh, like I saw people that like, you know, maybe like pull one. And they're like, ah, oh, there's not really any strategy to this game. I'm like, yeah, well, there's only, you've only got a very, it's like, it's like buying a game, playing the first two missions and then being like, ah, oh, this game is like, there's not enough missions. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's the same thing. You're only getting a little bit of the, of the um, experience. So I definitely reckon just push through for a little bit and see, you know, in maybe like a month's time, if you're enjoying the game, uh, we've been playing for like four months now and we're still absolutely loving it. Um, yeah. I think just unlocking, like even at this stage, we've been playing for a while yeah. and just unlocking one card, like one specific card yep. or build around card yep. can just change your whole experience and make you have so much more fun with the game than you were having. And yeah, that may die out after a while, but hopefully by then you unlock another card that just changes your experience and yep. makes the game awesome. So uh, it, this is one of the first card games in like recent times that I can think of, like a digital card game that's giving me that dopamine hit when I open a new card. So yep. my example is like when we, when we open like real trading cards uh, in real life, like it's so much fun opening packs. Yeah. Like it's just, it's like, it's just fun. You, you're like, Oh, I got yeah. this cool thing. And I opened it, you know, uh, Hearthstone. I played Hearthstone on and off literally since the game came out. I will buy a hundred packs for a new season, uh, a new, yeah, like a new uh, expansion. And I will literally, I can't, they don't have a way to mass open them. So you have to go through and open each individual pack. And I literally ignore what's in them unless it's like maybe a legendary uh, because I'm just going to open them all and then just craft the cards I want to build the deck. Like, I'm just buying the cards basically to get, you know, a good pool of cards and currency to buy the cards I actually want. I could not care less what I open. Whereas this game, when you when you get a new card from a collector's cache, once you're in pool three, and you unlock Mr. Negative, or you unlock, uh, let's say, like, Hella, or you unlock Destroyer, all of a sudden you've got a bunch of new decks you can play and you just get this massive dopamine hit. And I, I've seen that because people post, oh, I just unlocked this card. I just unlocked that card. 
uh, like, and all of a sudden the game goes from like, oh, I've been playing this deck because it's, you know, all I can really like build right now. Then all of a sudden a bunch of new ideas uh, are, are open to you. And I think there's no other digital card game that gives you that right now other than Marvel Snap. It is so fun. I definitely <laughs> not. I agree with you 100%. I don't play Hearthstone, but I have opened packs on Hearthstone, <laughs> and I can't believe that they make you open the packs individually. Yeah. That is so tedious. Um, professional Hearthstone players, streamers have been saying literally for years and years, can we just have an open all button because we don't care? Yeah, it's like I we, cannot we, believe you, that they haven't had that yet. It's because they want you to experience... They, they're trying to give you that dopamine hit. But unless you're a casual player who doesn't open a lot of packs, it's just not there. Marvel Snap, yeah. there's no way... Like, unless you spend... Like, unless you go crazy and buy, like, a, like thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of credits, you're, you're only opening a new card maybe every few days, if you're lucky. Maybe every three, yeah. four days. Yeah, and, actually, and you, maybe every couple of days, depending on how much you play. Yeah, but and you can't even do that because the gold you have to buy gold with yeah, real that's what I'm money. Saying. So unless you you've got tons of money, yeah. like unless you're dropping, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars every like week, you're not getting, you know, ten. You're not getting a hundred new cards in an expansion like other games. No. You're getting one I, card drip I, fed to you. I stand by it. What I've said for weeks. I love the progression on Marvel Snap. Yep. I love the collection level. I love the way you unlock cards. Yes, I think that they. They could give you, like, in a mystery card, they could give you three cards to choose from, but I love the rate that I unlock cards because it's yep. it's enough that I'm excited to to go up collection levels because, like, oh, I might unlock a new card here. Yeah. But it's slow enough, and like you said, it's slow enough that I'm not, like, constantly unlocking cards and then, you know, you, I get over it a bit and whatever. I just I love the progression level. Yeah, I think I was on the opposite spectrum where I was like, oh, I wish I could just have all the cards now. Um, yep. now, now, to be honest, it's hard for me to say now because I'm getting close to having all the cards. I think I need to unlock like 10 more cards in pool yeah, three. So it's it's kind of like I'm getting closer to having everything. So it's a bit of a, like, I guess that impacts my opinion a bit. But uh, maybe like a month or two ago, I kind of flipped onto the your side of the progression system is part of the game. Like the, if they don't want you to have all the cards, access to all the cards, because, I mean, there's the chance that you like play all the meta decks and then you're bored. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, yeah. oh, well, there's nothing new. Now I've got to wait a month for a new card. Or Marvel Snap have said that they're going to be releasing. I don't know if I've told you this. Marvel Snap said that they're going to be releasing after they've worked out their collector's tokens, which is going to be a new way for you to target specific cards, which is going to be great for newer players. They can get the cards that they want to build decks for. Once they've done that, they have said that they're going to be releasing weekly new cards. Oh, breaking news. <laughs> breaking, well, sort of, I guess. Um, it, I did not know that. It's not, like, I, I guess it's not going to be, like, season pass or anything. It might be, like, the pools where it gets added to, like, your pool collection and you can unlock it from leveling up. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, so there's more cards coming. And I think if you just gave us all the current cards they've got made for Marvel Snap, if we just got all of them, uh, I reckon I'd maybe be bored in, like, three months, potentially. And, like, 100%. people who play the game every day for hours on end would probably get bored pretty quickly. So I think... Collection level, it is what it is. That's how the game is. People are going to complain about it. People are going to say they like it. They're, they are listening to people that don't like it, and they're going to give you ways to target cards soon. So, like, don't don't fret if that's the reason you dislike the game. Um, and then there's people, the whales can just spend all their money and have all the cards if they really want to. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that's Marvel Snap how it is now. Um, we went through the roadmap a couple of episodes ago, all the things that are coming to Marvel Snap. I might retweet that again as well if you want to check that out. And uh, last week's episode, we went through a bunch of beginner tips. So if you're a new player and you haven't listened to the last episode, 
uh, go and do that as we gave a bunch of cool tips there. I think me, you, and Tom all gave a, a tip or two. Uh, they can yeah. be very helpful as well. Uh, but we are towards the end of the episode, but of course we have to play everyone's favorite Marvel Snap quiz game, Snap Who. Uh, this quiz game, we just, we spoke about it earlier in the podcast. Basically each week, uh, Justin, Tom, and I, and if we ha- when we have a guest on, they're also going to be guessing. Basically, we will read out the ability on a card, a Marvel Snap card, and then our, the person we're asking has to guess the power, energy, uh, the power, the energy cost, and the name of the card. Then get one point for each for a maximum of three points. So that's how the game works. You guys can play uh, at home if you're listening to the podcast or you're here with us live. You can uh, try and guess with us. We won't be looking at the chat. Justin, I believe, am I giving you a card? Is that correct? You are giving me a card. I'm giving you a card. And you're guessing. Not looking at the chat. <laughs> okay, I'm giving um, you a card. It would have been great if I thought of this. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, I'll be quick. I'll be quick. That's all right. Okay. So I feel uh, like um, I feel like I have a good knowledge of all the cards. Really interesting. Except for <laughs> if you throw like a token at me. I kind of don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, or. Anyway, I don't want to give you ideas. I've, I've but, done that or, before. I, yeah, I know you have. Or like <laughs> something with just flavor text. I don't like. I have read the flavor text on like vanilla cards, yep. but I wouldn't say that I know them off Look by at heart. This, this guy Justin's literally I, studying, literally studying for this. That's insane. Yeah, I reckon I should be able to at least get the name of okay a card, any other card. All right, let's do it. I'm ready. You All ready? Right, let's go. Yep. <sighs> okay. I'm going to bring it up so we can show it. On reveal, move an opposing one or two cost card to this location. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I let's never, think it out. I, I, like, I, can't, I kind of know. Let's think it out. Like, uh, have I, I have got him? Pool, I have a pool of cards that may be this card. Like, I know. <laughs> say, say it again. Okay, okay. On reveal, move an opposing one or two cost card to this location. Okay, so I've got two cards in mind. Yep. I've got arrow. Yep. Is that a card? I think it's arrow. It's the white one, the white that girl is, with the black hair. That is a card. Oh, there's another one, Polaris, yep. which is like a green girl dressed in green. Uh, yep. Um, I know they both move posing cards. I can't remember. Can you say it again? Okay. <laughs> On reveal. This is the last time. <laughs> On okay. reveal. Move an opposing one or two cost card to this location. I'm going to have to read it again. <laughs> All right. No, no. All right. I'm going to say Polaris. I'm locking in Polaris. Okay. And I'm going to say Polaris. I have no idea. It's going to be a... I think she's a three cost. I'm thinking three. I don't know if it's three, two or two, three. I'm going to say Polaris and I'm locking in three, two. Okay. Okay. Now there are other cards that move cards around that you didn't think of. There is, yeah, there are, there but is. I feel like, you feel like I it feel wasn't like any of those. One of those two. Okay. Okay. Well, you, I can confirm that it is Polaris. So that's one that's point. It is yep. a, well, what did you say the, the energy cost was? Three, two, three energy, two power. It is a three cost card. Uh, that's why I, I asked. Points. I asked because that was very important. Yeah. And it is unfortunately a five power card. 
Five power. You were wow. very you were very close. So you got two out of three points, which is actually pretty impressive. And I'll actually bring up the card. Uh, I think I've set this up so that I can bring up a card. There we go. So five power. Wow. That, that right. is Polaris. So three cost, five power, and the ability to move an opposing one or two cost card to this location. I've actually been seeing this card a little bit on ladder with uh, Kingpin. So uh, yeah. um, people can you can play Polaris and move the one and two cost cards to Kingpin on turn six and like basically destroy them. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and like then you've also got Magneto that can move three and four cost cards there. So Polaris is kind of like the yeah, like the the lower cost version of Magneto. I've uh, never seen this card being yeah, played. I've, I mean, I've seen it played uh, recently. I, I, I think I have it. I think I have Polaris unlocked. I think I unlocked to kind of. Me recently, but I've never so, never tried it. So out. when you said you knew all the cards, I'm scrolling through and I'm just like, he's not gonna know this. And you were you, no. you almost didn't. You were a bit on, on edge. So uh chat said chat so multiple people in chat got it correct. Well done, chat. Um uh chat says love Polaris, especially with Miles. El Damo loves it with Miles because if Polaris moves other cards, it doesn't matter who moves cards, Miles becomes a one cost card. Yeah, that is real cool. So I've it actually that. that is a very cool synergy. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, guys, that is another episode of Snap Who. Uh, how many points are you on, Justin? I actually don't have it up. I think that puts you. That does that tie you with? Does that put you one point above me? I believe. I think so. I think yes. that puts me in the lead. I yes, think. I think you're correct. I I actually don't have the numbers here this week. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> um, I actually have uh, them. I, I, I believe Tom's at eight. Eight. You're at- I'm at. No, no, no. Seven. Seven. And, and I'm on nine. You're on nine. I think you might be correct. Yes, because we've all played. Yeah, no, you are definitely correct. So that puts you in the lead, Tom. What, Tom second, me last? That's so sad. Yeah. I, I kind of remember what last week's card was, which is obvious because I didn't get it right. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, perfect, guys. So that is, uh, that's another week of Snap Who. Guys, I, I hope you are enjoying Marvel Snap, all the new players. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast if you've just found it and all of the OG podcast listeners. I've had, I saw some people on Twitter that added us saying, um, you know, one, I've been listening from the first episode. So to our OG listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us. And to all the new people that have come in, uh, you guys have been amazing. I mean, I just, every time I open, uh, check the podcast stats, it's just like, it's just blowing my mind how quickly, uh, how quickly you guys are sharing the podcast, how many people are listening to it. So thank you so much, guys. You're absolute legends. Um, guys, again, if you haven't already, uh, head to the YouTube at ShadowDTV. Um, you could be able to, there's tons of deck videos. We've got the podcast there, so you can watch us live. You can see our faces, see our reactions, things like that. And then, of course, it's going to be on all the podcast apps. Uh, Justin, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle, oh, I forget it. It's at JZZY036. That's the one I've got to keep reminding him because he's uh, very new to the Twitter sphere. Um, I've been posting a ton of stuff on Twitter, but then of course we've got YouTube and uh, pretty much all the socials really um, uh, we've been using for Infinite Snap. Uh, guys, at Infinite Snap Pod on Twitter, we're sharing all the info that you need to know. Every week we've got all the featured locations, hot locations, uh, in-game tips, deck lists. We've got it all, so definitely go and follow there. Um, I, like just today, I've just every time I'd look at my phone, they'd be like, ding, our oh, new follower, Infinite Snap Pod. So guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, I think that's all we have for this week. Uh, if you are new, maybe go back and listen to a couple of previous episodes. There's going to be some. Uh, there's going to there's great information in all of them. We have great discussions every week. I really enjoyed the podcast, but um, obviously, you know, the latest information is going to be the newest ones. But I've seen there's been people going back a couple hundred like plays on some of our older video, uh, older episodes, which is crazy. So I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. Um, Justin, any last words? 
I think, um, yeah, love the support, everyone. It's awesome. Um, good to be a part of the Marvel Snap community. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, want to plug Shadow DTV YouTube again. Also, go check out <laughs> um, his decklist videos. Like, I have played with some of them recently. Um, after I hit Infinite, of course. Um, <laughs> I've go gone back and made some of Shadow's decks, and uh, they're actually really good. Um, and also, I absolutely love his draft videos. The draft videos are my absolute favorite. Um, check them out. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so the draft videos, I'm thinking of doing them live on stream um, when we when they we stream awesome. games. I think that'll be like kind of a fun thing we can do, but that's that's another discussion. Guys, yeah. thanks so much for hanging out with us. We'll catch you on next week's episode. Uh, big celebration of Marvel Snap. Uh, so glad. I hope all you new players are enjoying the game, and we're going to be, you know, having tons more discussions of the game and just having an absolute blast. Guys, that's the Infinite Snap podcast. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out. See ya.